Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear me now. You sound sexy on the microphone. I know, I've got a chocolatey voice on my microphone. Mm. Good evening, gladies and potties. Does anyone have a favourite chocolate? Or a chocolate they're currently... uh, My favourite chocolate is Lint's Intense Orange. Intense Orange. I quite like the Lint um, Sea Salt. Have you tried that? I have. Jury's out. I'm not quite sure. Ah. If it's as good or... They put salt in the chocolate. Sea Mm. salt. Not just any salt. It's it's kosher and it's from the ocean. And it's a little bit crunchy. A little bit crunchy. Is non-sea salt not kosher? Duh. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's non-kosher. How could it be non-kosher? I don't know. Maybe they have to do certain things to their salt before they're allowed to eat it. Not allowed to get salt from the earth. Yeah, it might might just be that. It might have Mm. to be sea salt. Are you guys picking up the squeaking of my chair? Yeah. Okay, I'll stop pedalling. I'm actually on an exercise bike right now for the listeners back. (laughs) Um, And black and greens are my favourite chocolate in general. Black and greens are very nice. Um, Not only that. It's delicious, but fair trade and organic, so um, you also get that self-righteous kind of um, moral high as well. (laughs) They do a good orange chocolate as well. Mm. Yep. I do prefer the lint though, myself. I like mine a little bit exploitative. Bit of a guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really drives home the guilty pleasure yeah. idea, doesn't it? Multiple James levels. Right. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to keep expanding into like candy bars or something. What, lint? No, black and green. Or do you think they're going to stay mm. the block? They're probably owned by Coca Cola or something. Probably. And they have like one fair trade worker. But yeah. <laughs> Is it black and green oh. or green? It's green and black. Oh, green and black. Sorry. Shit. Green and black. Oh, the people that paid me to say that will be very um, disappointed that I got their branding wrong. It's not Coca-Cola. It's Kraft who owns green and blacks. Kraft. Get the fuck out, really? Kraft owns them. Correct. UK-based chocolate company owned by Kraft Foods. The company produces green chocolate bars, ice creams, biscuits, hot chocolate. There you go. I had no idea. Principal manufacturing sites in the Poland and Italy. Poland and Italy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Founded in 1991 by Craig Sams and his wife, Josephine Fairley. So were they bought out by Kraft? Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, okay. It gets its fair trade and, uh, reputation because it began purchasing fair trade cocoa from Maya in Belize. <laughs> oh. For the Maya Gold chocolate bar. Yeah, I do like that one. There you go. It's got a bit of a earthy text. Or mm. not texture, taste. I don't like my food with earthy textures. <laughs> you don't like, uh, you know, Pinot Noir or Champagne? It's a nice well, I don't earthy flavour. I don't mind if they've got earthy flavours, but not earthy texture. Oh, okay. <laughs> like gravel or dirt or sand. So, keeping with the fair trade um, discussion, I'm looking at uh, my next pair of shoes, getting a pair of uh, fair trade shoes. And what constitutes a pair of fair trade shoes? They just pay the person that makes them. Yeah, as opposed to not paying them. Mm. That's an interesting concept. They should have a new name for that. What? What do you mean? Or do you mean it shouldn't be fair trade? Everything else should be branded unfair trade? No. <laughs> but isn't that... What does fair trade mean? Isn't fair trade the old idea about, um, you know, not screwing people over with trading? 
You're thinking globalization and the arguments. Yeah, like you should buy an Australian-made pair of shoes. Right. I don't think that's well, what it is. Well, I think by definition, if it was an Australian-made pair, it would be fair trade as well. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or you buy buying for a country that doesn't have a free trade agreement. Hmm. Look, I think... I don't know. Uh, uh, what does I, free trade mean these days? Free trade or fair trade? Fair trade. I fair, think free fair, trade is the opposite of fair trade. Well, not technically, mm, but um, in you know, reality. What's Bob Cat always going about? He's like, I want to get rid of the free trade agreement with the US and stuff. I, I can't. I can never follow what Caddis is That's because we sell our wheat and shit into America without any taxes or duties, but they they subsidise all their farming produce. The government pays like fifty percent of all corn that's produced in the US. So the government farmers in the US get paid a subsidy from the government, which makes their product cheaper than it is mm. for the Australian farmers to produce their product. Yeah, produce locally. Yeah. But that also supports the whole petroleum industry as well, doesn't it? Well, That's one of the of reasons why it's so subsidised in the States, isn't it? Yeah, because a lot of their corn manufacture goes into ethanol production. Yeah, right. Yeah, but they have just so much corn. You yeah. guys heard about corn just destroyed America, apparently, because everyone's having corn-based products that are just making everyone, people really fat. And sick. Yeah. And yeah. then they got the healthcare problem. Yeah. But that's making people money. That's making people money. Because they don't have a health... If they, had, if they had, like, a Medicare scheme, then they'd be fucked. Because yeah. they'd be having to treat everyone, but they don't. Exactly. I mean, that's why it's never going to change. Because the farmers are making money from the corn. The company's making money by using a cheaper product, which is corn. And the medical companies are making money by, you know, having to treat all these sick people. It's, uh, you know, it's and great the oil the industry's making money. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in as a sign of protest, perhaps we should occupy a space within... Um, within Manhattan that would you know really symbolise our but we won't actually think about what we have to say so no one knows what we're actually well, trying to no, communicate well no I think it should be kind of open source um, protest where yeah. a- anyone can just do whatever they want wherever they <laughs> we should write up some really random signs that don't really mean anything but kind of seem quite profound yeah and in tie in with internet memes as well mm. I can has bail out that sort of thing no look don't get me wrong I'm being snarky but I love the Occupy movement big respect to those over there doing their thing from me at least james from you i just feel like because they don't know what they're trying to say it's getting lost you know they need to have someone to say this is what we want but no one knows what they want so the the only people actually in a position to change to make come up with a solution are the same people that they're protesting us protesting against Mm. harry any thoughts yeah it's a bit of a futile sort of gesture but i mean I don't think they're necessary. I mean, if they're using that occupation time... I mean, I don't know. I haven't been there. I haven't seen anything with it. But if they're using that time to create a uh, forum so everyone's discussing and they're building, you know, a list of... you Demands. Know, yeah, kind of like demands, but, like, ways to uh, fix the problem, coming up with a solution rather than just saying there is a problem but not offering a solution, then it's not going to get fixed. Um, but I think it's still early days, isn't it? Or they need to get in touch with their political... Uh, you know, the people that are meant to be representing them in court and say, hey, look at all these people here. Shouldn't you be doing something about this? Mm. And get them, both candidates on, or all the candidates on all spectrums to come down and say, what are we to show what we're going to do to support it? So those people are saying what they're going to support and then people can vote with their feet at the election. 
I mean, what are your thoughts? What are you? What are your thoughts? I've heard people. Um, some people liken this to kind of a left-wing uh, Tea Party movement. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I mean, I mean people argue yeah, that it's the same is. sort of yeah. concerns, but just coming yeah. from the left rather than the right. I mean, we're having very, we're having a pretty similar issue in America, in Australia, where you almost can't tell the difference between Labor and Liberal at the moment, except oh, one is red, astounding. one is blue. Yeah, it's a, there's there's no difference. Yeah, there's like one no. is more conservative about refugees, and that's it. Like, oh, slightly, yeah, more slightly, so, slightly, ever so slightly. I um, mean, they're both. I don't know which one is more conservative. Like, they're both are. I mean, Kevin Rudd was almost like a liberal prime minister. Like, I mean, he did really. Yeah, but Julia wants left- to send them to to Malaysia, which isn't signed to the UN convention, and that they like. They both. Totally they both want to do their- the wrong thing. Yeah. No. Well. But- um, but the thing is that Tony wants to send them to Nauru, and they are <laughs> signatories to the UN convention, and like, pretty much they get put up in Australian-made accommodation and looked after by Australian people. I don't. Know. Yeah. So either way, it's the same situation. Just it's one not the same situation though, because the Labor Julia wants to send them to Malaysia, where they get like. Yeah, but stuck with the yeah, the thing is though, Australians they would have to Australian government would still have to fund everything for those people. Yeah, it just maybe. happens they're located in there, right? You know, it would be fair... If you're going to send them back to Malaysia, you've got to put them, you know, in the queue. There's people in Malaysia who've been waiting to get in Australia for, like, 20 years, right? Yeah. And it's kind of unfair that the people that can afford to pay buy someone to boat them here uh, get priority over the people who have been waiting in the UN queues, the official UN queues, for 20 years. But I was under the impression there are no queues. Well, that this notion of a queue is really well. Kind of I don't know. That's the thing. Who knows? I'm watching Q and A, and they have a UN expert from, or you know, a refugee expert from Malaysia saying you got to help. You got to take your quota from our queues. We've got this massive queues, and then some other people saying there are no queues, and I don't know who to believe. Yeah, right. I mean, because uh, just in the last kind of fortnight, I heard. I can't remember. It was on the radio. Someone, um, someone sort of arguing that it was like, well, you know, there aren't queues. Hmm. And we do have a, um, you know, a refugee yeah. intake quota for the year. Yeah. And Which is the, the highest per capita in the world. And the government um, chooses, this is my understanding, the government chooses to um, say, uh, I'm not sure of the exact figures, say we have a refugee intake of 15,000 a year. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's our allocation that we've get decided upon. For every person that arrives, refugee that arrives by boat yeah. seeking asylum, we knock the refugee tally down one. Yeah, yeah. Which is a voluntary... Th- we don't have to do it that yeah, way. Yeah. We don't have to run it that way. And then and then the government gets to claim, oh, these boat people mm. are taking spots away from yeah, yeah. those in the official queues. But, you know, like, lots of countries don't have official queues, I think. And mm. I don't know. I just think... I think I think these this these decades of debate about um, asylum seekers yeah. and branding them as boat people has led to sort of... Um, kind of an apathetic and um, kind of a stance that the Australian population has where they view them as non-humans. Yeah, you yeah. know, decades of our leaders saying, boat people, boat people, boat people, stop yeah, yeah. them, stop It's them, become stop a them. brand rather than a But a thing. it's so dehumanising. But and you know, I was watching, you know, they had that go back to where you came from and the idea yeah. was to get them to sympathise with boat people. And from the few people I saw in the post post the uh, fallout from that show uh, that were on the show said that they made some more anti-boat people than ever because they had to go to the Uganda, to the refugee camps there, and see all these people waiting to get to a country like Australia 
and is waiting and waiting because yeah, Australia's ticking the boat people off, and they're not yeah. counted towards the. Uh, they're never going to get a chance when all these people are sort of with money to afford to pay for the boat can, um, you know, jump the queue, so to speak. Yeah, but I think, you know, if it, you know, if I was in that position and I had the money and I was able to jump the queue, fuck yeah, yeah I'd do it. Like, yeah. In a heartbeat, I'd do it, you know? Why would you... And it's... Why would They you? also create an awkward situation where if they bring children along, you have to let the children because that's illegal to uh, hold them as refugees... Um, but then they're separated from their parents, and it's this weird mess. Like, oh look, you know, personally, I think Australia has the capacity to take in a lot more refugees yeah. than we do and process them efficiently and humanely. Yeah. And I think you know, it's these people have come and they want a new start. And you know, if we're talking about white mm. Australia, white Australia is kind of based on that principle. Um. And I, I really think the government, you know, should welcome these people, each person that arrives either by boat or by plane, and welcome them with open arms and sort of treat them as heroes for s- surviving mm. these trips and escaping from horrible situations and, you know, give them um, ESL training, give them skills training if they need it and p- get them to work, you know? I mean, I'm not talking slave conditions. I'm saying, like, put them into work, make them productive members of society so that they, you know, can contribute and start a new life. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's a huge the- untapped resource that we have... We're always talking about, like, skills shortages and fucking labour shortages, and it's like, no, let these people in and let them work and um, thrive and, you know, contribute. Um, I mean, the, th- the, th- the thing you have to do is disembower the uh, people smugglers because uh, they're the ones sort of capitalising, you know. They're, you know, like, there was... Uh, in the last 10 years, 400 people or something like that have uh, died taking a boat trip to Christmas Island and that shouldn't be happening and if we can disembower disempower the um, the boat people smugglers by making uh, making you know going through the UN to get to show the priority like the the best solution right you disempower the the people smugglers and you uh uh, you stop people going on boats, and so that people get the the people who are worried about the queue jumpers get a fair go, and the people who are putting on these rickety boats don't get put on rickety boats. People smugglers go out of business because, uh, you know, they're not people are like why pay all this money to go when we can, you know, go through the UN and do the right thing, mm. and uh, it's, I mean, it's, and also, I mean, I don't know what it's like. But obviously, Australia has to work hard on making sure that the refugees we do take in are, you know, employable. So, they're not come in here and they're on the streets, you know, they can actually get a job. Well, I think, yeah, I think I think them being employable isn't isn't whether they have skills or not. It's making sure they get skills if they need, if they yeah. don't have them. I think up. by all accounts, all the refugees that come to the country are so bloody happy to be able to get a job that earns any sort of money. Yeah. Yeah. They fucking work really hard. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. That's why I, th- I sometimes and think... to be that- able to go to work and without fear of yeah. uh, getting shot or bombed or abducted or, you know... That's why I sometimes think... I, w- I wonder what it's like in the detention centres because if I was in the detention centre and I was getting the opportunity to go uh, into Australia, I would be so grateful to be, you know, in this... Faci- I mean, I don't know what the conditions are, but if- uh. I'd be so grateful to be 
uh, you know, living in a detention center other than living in Afghanistan during, you know, this war, I would... Yeah, I think... I think I would be- care. I kind of think that the people that are protesting are, like, just troublemakers. I don't know. Oh, look, I think, I think it'd be really... Um, I think it'd be a really dehumanizing and stressful situation. The uncertainty really of whether you're going to stay or go home. And lots mm. of these people are dissidents and lots of these people have, you know, have fled because they believe they yeah. will die if they... So, it's sort of like... You know, if they get sent home, and and the thing is, it's not a short process. It's not like it's a week or a month or two months. Some of these people are there for years and years, and that uncertainty. I mean, you know, uh, a month ago, I was in Centrelink for a few hours, having to fill out forms, and I swear to God, I was about ready to throw a chair at someone. You know, and it wasn't. It was just difficult because I was getting sent from one desk to the next, filling out this paperwork. Do you have this form? Do you have? And I just couldn't understand why they couldn't process this one simple thing. And um, I just think, man, if, you know, if there was a language barrier on top of that and your yeah. family's lives are at stake yeah, and you're just constantly getting deferred and deferred and deferred and told to wait, fuck me. Like, that was like that was an hour at Centrelink. But this is, uh, you know, communication is the key to everything, you know, the... The government has to be better at communication so that everyone knows that, hey, we're, you know, we're processing you. We're also trying to make sure you have a place to go when you leave the detention center, all that kind of stuff. They're going to communicate that. Communication is everything. The key to all problems. I think also one of the difficulties in kind of, um, like you were saying, de- um, depowering the um, the people smuggling industry yeah. is that there must just be such a, a vast amount of misinformation that's um, you know within the, within those communities of um, yeah. people traffickers and, and refugees you know where you're told you know you're told one thing yeah yeah and the people and the also people like, smugglers want to get you on the boat want to take your money so they'll tell you something yeah. they'll tell you oh UN camps you'll be there for 10 years you yeah know? yeah and it's not like they're going to go, oh, well, let me just go to the, you know, the um, internet cafe and check the you know, mm. UN's, UN uh, application process. I don't think they're sort of in that position. So, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the yeah, I just, um, you know, I did that, made that movie about sex trafficking. And, you know, the research I did with that is just like, well, the sex trafficking is the same as people smuggling. Like, people are sent here in the hope that they agree to come, in the hope that they get a place in Australia, right? Um, but in return, they have to be, you know, a, a sexual object, you know, until they've paid off their debt. And, you know, there's, like, that... At the time we did that movie, they reckoned that there was between 2,000 and 3,000 uh, sex slaves in Australia. In Australia. Jeez, we yeah. feel like we are this, you know... Uh, sort of perfect first world country you know but Mm. you know we don't have and you know obviously even in america right the sex traffic industry between mexico and um uh us is massive you know but uh and it's a lot harder to control because uh there because obviously it's just a border there's no ocean to have to come across you know super easy to get across um but uh you know it's it's really you have to try and disempower these people and make uh, it easier for real people to get in, you know, like mm. um, so well, that they don't want to legitimately, yeah. So that the, the risk taking, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's the same sort of argument that I have for the legalization of drugs, whereby 
you know, if you legalize them, you can standardize them, you can make them clean, and you can make yeah, them safe, safer. And yeah, then yeah. Um, you can tax them, and you know, because because we we've tried criminalizing them, and it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't fucking work. work. <laughs> and the US tried prohibition, and that didn't work. work and yeah. all it does is put power and money and violence into in, bad people. Yeah, in, into people, and you see that with all sorts of drugs. Yeah. I mean, there's people acting as drug mules. There's you know, meth labs blowing up. There's, you know, there's all sorts of issues like that. If you make, if you legalize it, you standardize it, you make it clean and safe mm. and easy and tax it, it'll make you mm. a bucket. I mean, you look at, you look at prisons. I mean, in a prison, people's, all of people's rights are taken away yeah. you know, or, or are possessed by the state and all of their possessions are taken away and they're under constant watch and constant guard and there are still murders and mm. rapes and drugs getting in there and contraband and these people are living under you know quite literally police state a uh, police state you know forget a nanny state you know so i just think people are going to do what they want to do and we just need to make it safe for everyone we've got some breaking news which is not really breaking oh. but uh, it's just you know the hottest thing on twitter right now just news uh spock is gay Leonard Nimoy, no, the new one, Leonard Quinton or whatever his name is. What they got a Spock that had the same first name as the original Spock, the actor. No, his name is Zachary Quinto or something oh, okay. from Heroes. You know. So it wasn't Leonard Quinto. No, did I say that? Yeah, say sorry, that. I got excited as yeah. well. <laughs> no, I think I said not Leonard and then oh. Quinto, but I probably just made a blur. Oh, of that so this is not Leonard Quinto. It's the new one from the J.J. Abrams Spock. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Just came out. Wow, was he was he outed or did he come out? Or I I only briefly saw the headlines. I think he said that he's never hidden the fact he's gay. It's just he's only this is the first time in a magazine article, which apparently makes it official that he's mentioned oh. it. Uh, it's um, official now. It's official. Yeah. So we obviously so talked. So lots of room for slash fiction. Yeah, we obviously talked last up. week, but not on air about Chris Brown and uh, the likelihood that he is at least bisexual. Um. Do you think, like, these people coming out and powering everyone else? Well, you know, I think gone are the days of Liberace. Don't you worry that we, you know, as <laughs> Australians... Is this going to be our, like, coming out corner? Are we no, going to no. have this segment every week? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. This is coming back to us as Australia. Like, how, you know, we're meant to be this great country that's the first world and it's it's not as... Uh, not meant to be as backwards as as America, but it, it obviously is. But the fact that, <laughs> ne- and the fact that we can't tell the lines between the two parties, the fact that neither party, the major parties, oh, are yeah. going to allow gay marriage. That's only very momentary, though. Like, but why? What's it won't? What's going to happen? Do you what? think that someone, if if they uh, if Julie Gillard's like, hey, I'm going to allow gay marriage, do you think it's really going to affect the next election result? I think her fate's already decided. And will ad- another... The person, yeah, but Julia Gillard's if Tony Abbott came in... Before the next election and someone Would he really gonna... dare to backwards take that away, like that law away? No, Tony's all about, like... Conservative values. Stopping the gays and... Yeah, he's like, he's like stop the boats... Stop the, stop the carbons. Yeah. Stop the gays. No, isn't he not about stop the carbons? He's like, stop the tax. Oh, stop the carbons tax. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Keep carboning. Yeah. Keep the carbons. Stop the boats. Yeah. Keep, I don't know, family values. Stop the gays. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Tony's Don't you worry. About. You know, I used to be proud of I was, I was worry Australian about when I was younger. Level. 
I never no had more. that Aussie swazzy attitude. Yeah. Not that yeah, I'm claiming you. Sorry, sorry. Not but the... you're part New Zealander. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and New Zealand's I'm first, also, I'm first has, generation. Does New Zealand have so. gay marriage? I'm very tempted to migrate to New Zealand. I don't know. Maybe they do have gay marriage. If they have gay marriage, not that I need it, but <laughs> <laughs> I would totally go there. I want to go to gay weddings, you know. Um, just yeah. on a related note, I saw on the TV the other day a documentary, or well, it wasn't a documentary, it was like a news article about the kids, the children that went overboard on the Tampa. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, and like New Zealand adopted them and they're like the best people ever. Yeah. And it's like a real like... It's outrageous. Did you watch the documentary like about three of the millionaires or something like that? Did you watch the documentary about the navy personnel who uh, were the people there, like pulling them out? Yeah, of the I watched that. And the fucking no. spin. Yeah, the oh, government. Yeah, I did see that. Government turned them into enemies when they were real heroes, and they'll never Fuck get rewarded yeah. for rescuing these people. And they were like thinking they did this great yeah, job, yeah. And, and they, they come got back, back to land, land, and it was like Vietnam oh. over again. Like, jeez, oh. I gave me, I got goosebumps just thinking about how bad that is. Um, yeah, that blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. And oh. do you know what we're talking about, Harry? Yeah, you know I saw. That. Oh yeah, yeah. Basically, the listeners back home. You, you yeah. give them a recap. Uh, well, basically, there was this big uh, saga just before I think the 2001 election. This is before September 11th, uh, where Kim Bisley was ahead in the polls, and uh, Kim. I once saw him at Video Easy, um, <laughs> and he was getting at Shrek. <laughs> True story. Wow. Yeah. What story. do we make of that? I don't know. Just make of it what you I can't want really to respect that. I mean, if it was Toy Story, man. I know, I know. I shook my head yeah. and I thought, Kim. Kim, you're letting us down. You're our hero of our generation. But yeah, <laughs> Kim Bisley, uh, this really cool dude from West Australia, was in the lead for the polls. Uh, we're finally going to get r- rid of Howard after like five years of human power. And uh, I'm not sure. Did we have the election before September or after? I think it was after, wasn't it? And we returned. After September 11th. But two things happened to to bring the polls, like, flip the polls completely and, you know, securely put John Howard back in power. And one, obviously, September had its pact, but even before then, uh, he's, his government released footage of these uh, these people, um, their boat was sinking and the Navy was uh, uh, trying to rescue them, but they tried to spin it as, as if the, uh, the actual boat people were throwing their children aboard. And John Howard went up there and said, and, well, maybe not just John Howard, but all his cabinet, went up there and said, why should we let these people in to our country when they're willing to throw their children overboard to get our attention? Which Mm. was totally not true at all. And they used that in the election campaign. Completely not true. Completely not true. And I think most people still believe that's what it is. It's one of Australia's greatest shames. Uh, But And he got rewarded with five extra pounds... But I think, it just, I think it just shows you the kind of um, how conservative, how thoroughly conservative majority of Australia, Australia yeah, is. Yeah. It really is. No, is a racist wanker, and he he's like <laughs> kill all the abos, kill the bloody um, refies, and uh, all the Fujis and the, the darkies and the brownies, yeah. you know. And you know, he, I think that's he is one of those people that just follows. The, he's a sheep, you know. He's a sheep, and I think it's because all his friends and stuff that hang have the same opinion. Like, oh yeah, definitely, it's cultural. Yeah, but Australia is culturally, I think. I've met, and I don't think he's quite. That, that. You don't, don't. I've never had. You a have never heard him. Conversation you know, about t- him, the blackies. Uh, you just don't. 
I try to avoid spending time with him, but I can't avoid the fact that, you know, whenever he sees an Aboriginal on the screen, you know, with, you know, social issues like, oh, bloody hell, why don't we just put him to death and fix the problem, you know? Like, I don't know if he says that, but pretty much. <laughs> I don't know if he says that. Yeah, I don't know if he says no, that. No, I have no problem slandering because that's this is that slander. bad. This is libel, I think. No, it's not. He but wouldn't. I don't, would he get up in court and disagree? I don't know. Maybe. He'd be like, but I think all yeah, the I solutions think, I think, problem. You know, lock that, them all up. That children overboard really just kind of, and then it kind of coincides, and then it sort of got. Um, it segued beautifully into the September 11 and then this climate of fear that we had that the politicians were all, you know, milking so wonderfully and then this notion of terrorism and, oh, yes, I think a terrorist cell would likely send a terrorist by boat yeah. to Australia to attack us. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is just the, like, most insane terrorist mm. plot the most insanely inefficient terrorist plot. When, yeah, 97% of Australia's uh, illegal immigrants uh, come by plane. Oh, you know, yeah, Wouldn't yeah. they do the same as 97%? Why would you... Why, would you, why wouldn't you just get a, a holiday visa, yeah. come here, <laughs> and then do something? Like, yeah. why would you go by a boat? Yeah. And the boats Take mostly get picked months. up. Yeah. 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 The boats get picked and up, and probably- then you get chucked in detention for, like, five <laughs> years. <laughs> why? Whose who's shittily researched plan was that? Yeah. Um... No one's, no one's. That's who. No yeah. one was. No one was stupid enough to try that because it was stupid. It was John's ridiculous idea of what a terrorist unit would do. See, if John Howard was in charge of a terrorist cell, that's what, how he would run his operations. And I don't think we should trust him because <laughs> he'd be a shit. Terrorist. He'd be a shit terrorist. So he'd probably be a shit prime minister. And he was, John. So, uh, some of our regular listeners tuning in will probably be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Why aren't we playing d It's extended yeah. Quanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, We're going to talk about the carbon tax next. Yeah. <laughs> Where's who's hot now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the, the, the D&D? Uh, where's the D&D? But uh, we're, we're, Fred has gone away on holidays. D&D, for, we're down FB. Yeah. yeah. Freddie Baines, he's gone. He's gone. So, he's, we can't play D&D. He's in Gay Paris. We're considering replacing it with a, a podcast on Monday nights. Uh, We're only considering it. Our current name is Fangin' Fangin Around. Around. But do you want to discuss on air, <laughs> is that a good enough name? Should we keep that or... As in Fangin' Around, it's kind of short like hanging Around. And it sounds a bit like fucking but Around. But we were going to talk about automobiles and stuff like that as well. Well, it originally started as like an automob- automotive It was going to be exclusively automobile podcasting. Yeah, but we were going to have... Extensive off-topic segments, I'm guessing. Well, I think it still is because I don't think we have podcast, enough, isn't it? Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we're just off-topic <laughs> yeah. all the time <laughs> because it's, uh, we don't have that much automobile news every week to talk. About. <laughs> I honestly don't think we've got much at all. I think so. Is fanging around? Do we keep that? Or we? Yeah, no, I like it. Let's just keep fanging. I'm liking around. it even more because it's like hanging around, but uh, we put an yeah. F in there for Fred, but he's not here, ironically. For the <laughs> we're always dropping Fs for yeah. Fred. Yeah. Um, and people might think it's a Twilight podcast as well. Oh, yeah. We could do a little vampire oh, recap. We could do a vampire, get a vampire of the week. Yeah. yeah, Vampire of the week. It, it, each, someone can be in charge of each vampire each week. Okay, so what do you guys... What's your favourite vampire of all the vampires you've seen so far? Oh. I don't think I've seen any vampire films. <laughs> you haven't seen Blade or Buffy? Oh, or, I've seen Blade. I haven't seen Buffy. Um, Blade. The classics like Dracula? No. Count Duckula? No. Um, oh, don't, oh, Count Duckula. Don't, don't go, don't go spurting your load all at once on the first. No, I'm giving you options, and then we discuss it. The first episode of Fangin. 
<laughs> no, but this is how we establish our characters for all those Twilight True fans. Blood? Haven't you watched True Blood? Yeah, True Blood. No. You haven't watched True Twilight? Blood? Twilight? No. Um, Nosferatu? The no. Vampire Diaries? Mm-mm. Vampire Academy. Interview with a Vampire? Um, no. Interview with a Vampire? Um, nope. Yeah, my What's the one with is... Alia that died? Queen of the Damned? Alia, Queen of the Damned. Oh, Wasn't I that, think that I was saw a sequel that to Interview with a Vampire, was yeah, it? Was. was it? I don't know. One of those. Yeah, it was. A, well, it was one of the Anne, Anne like Rice. Shit, is it? Yeah. Like Anne Rice. Yeah, it's an Anne Rice book. Uh, but well, I thought we'd you know, establish our characters for the Twilight fans tuning in about what our fan- vampire was. I'm more into werewolves. Oh. Like Teen right. Wolf. Teen Wolf. Michael J. Fox's Teen yeah. Wolf. All right, so your favourite vampire is Michael J. Fox's Teen Wolf. Oh, you didn't, you didn't like uh, the guy from Arrested Development who was in the sequel? What's his name? Jason no, Bateman? No. Jason no. Bateman? No. Jason Bateman? That's from American Psycho, isn't it? Jason Bateman, the guy from Arrested Development, isn't it? Is it? I thought Jason Bateman was a character from Fact-checking. American Psycho. American Psycho is a character. No, that's film. Christian Bale, isn't it? No, 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 but what's the, the character's character. name? I think Jason Bateman is the actor. No, that's... Uh, that thing. It's Bateman, isn't it? Bateman, yeah. Yeah. What's his first name? Well, this, yeah, I don't know. So, James, do you have a favourite vampire? Yeah, Jason Bateman. He was this Teen Wolf in the sequel, Teen Wolf 2. Is it spelled T-O-O? I don't think. It was old, so it was before they started putting numbers and like that and stuff. And before, I think- it was before 7, I think. <laughs> <laughs> was that the first movie to have a 7, a number, in place of a w- letter? I thought that had the word. No, they spelled, they used a V as a 7, didn't they? Oh. In the posters. The V is a seven. Yeah, I think seven is a V. Yeah, in seven, you know. Yeah, but when they spelled Teen Wolf two, did they spell it T O O as in I'm also a Teen Wolf, or did they spell it like Teen Wolf number two? Yeah, it's it's seven nineteen ninety five was actually spelled (laughs) with the V being a seven. But what about okay Teen Wolf? (laughs) And then also, what's the character from American Psycho called? Is it Patrick Patrick Bateman? And then there's there's other Batemans. No, no, there's books. just one Bateman in the in all over the world. And no, it's Arrested Development guy can't be called Bateman as well. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Teen Wolf Wiki. Backchecking. You guys got <laughs> do they have the- their own wiki? Does Teen Wolf have its own wiki? It should do. There's a, well, there's a Teen Wolf. Yes, they do, because there's a Teen Wolf. No, out. shut the fuck <laughs> up. Teenwolf.wikia.com. No! <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I haven't looked at it Teen yet. Wolf Wiki? Yeah, it might be for the TV show, though. Man, the internet's Because there's a TV everything. show coming out based on the movies. About a teen werewolf? He better be really cool. Like, he better be a goofy werewolf when he turns into a werewolf. Not one of these, like... No, he's going to be, like... I don't want it to be, like, some badass werewolf. He's going to be He's got to be cool. He's got to be, like, wearing Reeboks and, you know, like... It's got to be more thriller than, um... Did you see the other day they released a charity edition, um... Reebok... Oh, Back to the Future. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was sweet. Would you guys, if, if, if you can get them for a reasonable price, no, would you get them even though they're not automatic lacing? I would. Uh, I think I'd always be disappointed. Mm. Yeah. Every time I wore them, I think I'd be let down that they didn't auto lace. But when I say a reasonable price for a pair of shoes, I mean like 100 bucks. I wouldn't pay more than 100 bucks for a pair of shoes. Teen Wolf 2, but yeah, it's spelled T O O for yeah. 2. Yeah. yeah, 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 good. Okay. And is it because it's not <laughs> the same character? Because it's a different character who's also a teenage werewolf? All right, I'll Google Teen Wolf. 
Doesn't it just have it on the Teen Wolf wikia? Uh, yeah, but that's everything Teen Wolf, and it's probably based around the TV show. I don't know if they mentioned the movie. Uh, I don't know, James. Okay, so James, who's your favorite werewolf? Uh, who's your favorite vampire? Uh, well, you know, while we we're just thinking, I was thinking I mentioned Count Dracula. That's historically my favorite vampire. Um, oh, yeah. But I like Blade as well, the Daywalker. Is he is he a full blown vampire? I'm no, not he's questioning a whether he counts. He's a halfy. He's a halfy. Half blood. I don't think he counts. Okay, because didn't he, didn't his mum get bitten while she was in pregnant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got born a vampire. And yeah, so it's a vampire a that can walk around during the day. The day walker. That's right. I don't know if he has Did he any weaknesses though. From the inside. No, she was like in labour when she yeah. got bitten or something. Uh, she was she was dying anyway from the bite or something like that. Uh, something like that. It's kind of a cool idea. In terms of like. Yeah. Ridiculous mythology. Because, yeah, bl- Wesley Snipes. Yeah. I like, really like. Wesley Snipes is pretty wicked, isn't it? Yeah, like, Blade. If you're going to get anyone to be. <laughs> Blade 1 and 2. Apparently, he was like. That was like the full. Ex- that was his most extreme method. He's a method actor, and that was his most extreme is ever. He a method he- actor. Yeah, so he was in character all the time. <laughs> so you went to his. If you're. <laughs> His pers- if you if you yeah if you were his personal assistant and you went to give him food he'd be like hey, I'm blurred you know <laughs> and he is he in jail at the moment for tax evasion probably yeah <laughs> I think he is I wonder if he's method actually oh, is in that there. why he's not been in any movies yeah I thought it was he's just because he was shitting no I, heard, I think he might be out again because I I think it's a new movie with him in it now Snipes you you know I was um okay so Camp Duckula let's stay on topic for just a moment. <laughs> I was going to segue. Runner-up Blade. Runner-up Blade. Yeah. Harry, any thoughts at all? Yeah, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf? Yeah, I can hear me. I, I can hear myself. Okay. Can, can oh, hear, I can hear you in real life. Teen not on Wolf. The... That's better. Teen Wolf. All right. So, Teen Wolf it is. And for myself... Um... Shit, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Jason Bateman played Todd Howard, the cousin of Scott Howard, who was Michael J. Fox. In Teen Wolf oh, 2. Oh, so it was a cousin who yeah. was also a vampire. Oh, that's a wicked idea. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do a sequel and can't get Michael J. Fox back. <laughs> but I think in Arrested Development, they make reference to the fact that he was Teen Wolf. Really? Does he turn into a werewolf every full moon? No, I think they just tease how bad that movie is. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> I'd so love to Jason say- I'd love to be in the right. You know, the main guy room. in Arrested Development is in... And since then, he's been oh, in like, yeah, every that- movie ever like he's always the the that kind of guy. bold horrible guy no the main the sane the sane guy in oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the son the older son who has the george michael as the son of him the son of george bluth was michael bluth who is jason show me a bateman picture. show me a picture and he had a son called george michael who was no, michael sarah this is how the bible starts michael <laughs> sarah yeah <laughs> like- oh he's cut his hair look at that picture of wesley snart he looks like uh, what's the guy that went and tried to murder his wife, O.J. Simpson, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or he's just really skinny. I don't know. As of 2011, Snipes is serving a prison sentence for misdemeanor failure to file U.S. federal income tax returns. Yeah, that's the one. How do your taxes get so bad that you gotta go to jail? Basically, you just don't pay them. <laughs> oh shit! I haven't put my tax in. Yeah, I know. Neither have I, but I don't think we're going to go to jail. No. Well, yeah, because you've already... Yeah, if you're working for someone else, they should pay the tax for you. Oh, yeah. I suppose I paid my tax. But if you're a subcontractor... Oh, you just haven't gotten the, in. the thing is, if you're a subcontractor, right, they'll just pay the whole amount, and you're meant to send that money, your, what you're taxed, uh, to yeah. the tax department, you know. I see. Yes. Now I understand. 
Because I handed my tax in last year, two years late. Mm. So Did you get in trouble? No. no for people like Your us, tax return or your actual tax? Tax return. Tax return. But you know, I think tax return matters because they're quite happy if you don't return it because they get to keep the money. Mm. Uh, that's true. It's the other way around where you owe the tax come because you haven't paid any tax. Or if they know you're likely to owe a fuckload of tax. Yeah. Okay, his last movie was Gallo Walker 2010. So, yeah, I think he's in jail. Yeah, so he's in jail. Conclusion. 2010. Last that's year. Last yeah. year. This year he got put in the oh, slammer. But what was he doing for the last 10 years? I don't know. Now, oh, uh, he did Blade up to Blade 3. <laughs> they, they were good movies. He was never in any I did the sequel to Blade. Art of War. Brooklyn's Finals was the last movie I remember him being in. Uh, that was. Now, I've been doing Sylvester Stallone um, a lot of catch up on my 8 Bit Dreams project, which is yeah. a project where I'm drawing an, an illustration for every single one of the original Nintendo Entertainment System games. I think there's about 800. And mm-hmm. in, theory, in theory, I'm doing one a day. At the moment, I'm doing about 10 a day because I'm trying to catch up. Because I went on holiday and um, I couldn't do any then. Is that one of them there? That's one of them there. This oh, that's Tetris. Tetris. That's like the cornerstone of video games. Of kind video of. Is that going to be worth millions in like a oh, couple of days? Quite literally, a couple of days. cornerstone. It's like cornerstone. <laughs> that's right. Or keystone, perhaps. Um, and I was doing one uh, just recently of... Uh, of the Predator game on the NES, and I was having to look up Arnold Schwarzenegger and get reference images of him, and and I was thinking, you know, holy shit, he was, like, a really big deal. Like, I know I'm probably kind of understating it by saying that, and it's the bleeding obvious, but I was thinking back to my, you know, when I was young, and how many, you know, films were centred around him that were a big deal. And then I was looking at his filmography, and I was like, man... There's, like, a lot of solid gold. Like, he was, like, a bankable actor. And he still probably is if he can, if they can get him in front of the camera. You know, he was in a lot of, like, totally awesome stuff. Like, Total Recall. Yeah. Predator. Quality film. Terminator. Even something like, um, like The Last Action Hero, which mm. is all sort of, like, um, mm. postmodern and yeah, yeah. kind of strange. A reference to his previous films. Yeah, like- you know, it becomes almost like this um, high-budget art house film. Yeah. yeah um, he was in a lot of really cool stuff. True Lies, best film ever made. True Lies, you know, he was he was really cool and charismatic and um, he's he, he still is like just amazing to look at. Yeah, pump, well, pumping iron, you know. That's he is really he is quite older now. Yeah, well, he's an old dude now. I saw this awesome picture of. I'm going to vote for him for president. But he can't I'm, be president because he's, he's born overseas. No, nah, I think he, they should. But he might get that change. Yeah, they're going to change it. Just for him. Obama's Would he? But then didn't he get? It, like, didn't everyone hate him? Oh, he probably will win anyway. But that'll totally win him. But what about? Um, and do you, do you guys remember the huge rivalry between him and Stallone? About yeah, who was like Stallone the is the biggest like pansy. Nothing. Well, like St- I mean, Stallone was in Rambo, which was totally mm. awesome. Okay, he was okay. in Rocky yeah. as you know, well, which Rambo. was amazing. Okay, this is an article I'm reading out. Okay, apparently Schwarzenegger has tweeted, "I'm back" because he's in the new. Uh, Expendables movie with Sylvester oh, and, and he, Bruce Willis, and this is the first photo, promo photo apparently for it. Oh man! Wow, because that was always the thing when you were, when I was younger. It was like, who's the bigger badass, Stallone mm. or uh, Schwarzenegger? Bruce, Bruce Willis never really factored into no, it he because was, he, was he, was like, like he was the everyman. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, the everyman yeah. action hero. He was he was cool but different. But to see you know, and when the I was also John Claude Van Damme. 
Yeah, and it was Seagal who... Seagal. Seagal. I mean, he's a bit of... Yeah, everyone's Snickers. Um, He was a bit of a jerk. Um, But I think he was in the last Expendables. He was. He was. But when the Expendables... I haven't actually seen it. But when the... When it when it was announced and yeah. I saw the cast list, I was like, "Holy shit! If only this movie came out ten years ago, I yeah. would have just like lost my mind." <laughs> and then I was like, "Where's Arnold? You know, that's the thing. Where's Arnold in this?" Yeah. And uh, you know, it's but great you know, the, to the, see the that biggest he's be credit in. to uh, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is that he was in, I think, both mine and Harry's one of our favorite movies of all time, which is True Lies. Mm-hmm. Where he is hilarious, not only an action hero but hilarious. That is like the ultimate. Action comedy crossover yeah, right, of yeah. I think of any movie. It's pretty um, much the ultimate movie, <laughs> <laughs> and it's got those Harrier jump jets. Yeah, right? but he was in other comedies like <laughs> totally Kinder. Fucking- yeah, yeah, the Harry jump jets. Oh, I lo- back yeah. then I was loved. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's just incredible. Yeah, uh, it's one of those. And directed those- by James Cameron, so it wasn't just yeah. you know some crappy CGI. It was like this epic production. Yeah, you know? and you know if you're going to get action sequences, yeah. James Cameron in. And and I think the Harry Jump Jet, it's one of those pieces of technology that when I first saw it, I was like, wow, I'm living in the future. Yeah. <laughs> there was that, and there was sort of the, in terms of planes, I think it was the Nighthawk or something, that stealth Oh, uh, yeah, the stealth F-117. And there's that one that's the really long plane. I don't want to mix. Probably What's don't that mix really long? <laughs> that mixy drinks? <laughs> you don't want to mix it with this. It's not a Concorde. <laughs> it's like a really long plane. Uh, it's another fighter. Oh, the SR-71? Yeah. Blackbird? Those, those yeah. three planes, like, represent this this kind of... Although, ironically, oh, shit, uh, the Harry Jumpshirt and the SR-771 are flight from the 60s. Yeah. Like, that's a- yeah. F-117's from the 80s, so that was the Harry first Jumpshirt modern- was from the 60s? Yeah, I think it came out in 1960. No way. Mid-1960s. Why don't they use them anymore? They still do use them. Did- well, they're getting replaced by the F-35, which does yeah, the same whenever thing. that comes out. Yeah, but it's big delayed, but uh, the, the US Marines still use it, and... I think the, the British Navy still uses them. Oh, okay. But the, use, the British Air Force has stopped using them. Do they use them off their um, air, um, aircraft air, carriers? Yeah. Do mm-hmm. they? So, do they just fly up and then off? Or what do they do? No, well, they... Okay. Well, yeah, they can, but that is really uh, fuel inefficient. So, they're actual... On the Africa car, they just go off like a short runway, and at the end of the runway has a little uh, speed bump to give them lift. Um, so, it's more fuel efficient, but they can go up vertically. But, like, the Marines use them vertically because they're, you know, Marines are badass and they have to land. But the ones in True Lies were the Marine Corps Harriers. All right. Yeah. This um, is so cool. Yeah. But, yeah, the new F-35s can do the vertical thing. My son, my son, I got him a, um, out from the library a kind of um, a cross-section book on seafaring ships, the history of boats mm. and submarines and all sorts of cool stuff. And uh, one, one, there was a big, there was a, the center of the book had a gatefold, which was a um, aircraft carrier. Yeah. So, you know, it opened out and it was really cool. And um, I was looking at all the planes and, you know, they were talking about the short runways. And I was thinking, because mm. we'd just gotten back to Australia and had been on a plane. And I was thinking, man, you know, I, I, I'm not a particularly good flyer. I get quite nervous on <laughs> takeoff and landing. <laughs> and I was thinking, man, on these little tiny planes with this tiny runway and it's just like, Boom, and off yeah. you go into the air. I think I don't think I I don't think I do too well in those. But um, yeah, I watched all that. My mind. I watched a lot of uh, when I was younger. I watched a lot of Jag, and they always had you <laughs> know a neighbor because of Catherine Bell. Was it? <laughs> no, I watched it because it was like Top Gun, but on TV. You know, with Catherine Bell. I uh, wish she didn't come in until later. I think by oh, the time okay. she came into it, I was bored of it. I could be wrong, but... Uh, and they were trying to lure you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With boobs. But also, she didn't... It wasn't until 
I saw a magazine, and we've gone offline apparently. But uh, oh, just as well. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until I've seen uh, saw her in like a magazine that I realised she was like whoa, because she was always in the conservative, you know, navy outfit before then. Right. Um, well, how do we get into Harry Jump Jets? Oh, uh, True Lies. lies. Oh, and we're talking Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah. his legacy. Do you, uh, I mean, so obviously True Lies is one of your favourite films, flat out, yeah. both of you. But do you have a second favourite Arnold film? I mean, he's got a really large kind of Well, film Terminator is probably one of my other favourite movies of all time. Like. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Yeah. And Arnie, there he is again. Mm. He's actually, you know, like you said in True Lies, he's so funny as well. He's yeah. able to be yeah, hilarious. Yeah, and like Kindergarten Cop, that was really funny. Holy shit, yeah, Kindergarten <laughs> Junior? <laughs> no, Junior. No, no, not Junior. <laughs> <laughs> twins? But, you know, social commentary. Junior Twins was a hilarious film. Do you that's, know I got- that's one of Fred's favourite films. Oh, I'll really? speak up for him yeah. in his really? absence. Well, look, some of Fred's favourite films are Predator, yeah. are Twins, um, and I think Terminator too. Yeah. Those are like his favourite films. Do you know the Arnie. the infamous pitch? It has the world record for the shortest pitch for any film of all time. What, Junior? Yeah. Uh, no, Twins. Oh, Twins. <laughs> this was the pitch that the producer gave the executive producers, yeah. right? They said, Arnold Schwarzer. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Do they, nah, I reckon they said <laughs> Arnold Schwarzer. <laughs> yeah, Just to nah. make the pitch shorter. <laughs> okay, Arnold Schwarzer, Danny DeVito, Twins. That's all he said. And they're like, green light. Boom. Okay, we're back online, apparently. That's just because it had Arnie in it, like... They probably said Arnie, and they just went, green, green! Yeah. <laughs> Film with Arnie, it's going to make money. But can someone bring up his filmography? I'm sure there's some gems we're missing. There oh, there's lots of... I liked, uh, I liked uh, the Christmas one where he had to fight to get his kid the Christmas present. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. <laughs> I loved that. I went and saw that <laughs> cinema with my family, and I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a lame family movie, but it's like, oh, I'll watch it It's awesome. Uh, did I go and see that with you? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, because I, I don't know why I would have seen that film otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but his contribution to American cinema is just uh, overwhelming. Cinema, full stop. Oh, just cinema, yeah. Um, I bet he's really fun to party with as well. Man. Don't you reckon? Well, you know, yeah. he's been banging women behind his glass back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yep. so he must be <laughs> Oh, man. Well, like, what was the story with Pumping Iron? Pumping Iron. So, it was it was just a documentary about that, that uh, Mr. Universe competition. But did they make it? it around Arnie, or was it just like... I think they made it around a few guys, but Arnie was like the, the most standard. awesome. He stole yeah. the show. He was talking about... Like, I'm calming and yeah, smoking yeah. weed. It was and just like to. I th- that's the impression I was under. He wasn't a star at that time, but they um, so, but the footage they had of him was so wicked they had to like focus it on him because that was a fucking great movie as well. Well, that was a yeah, a really cool movie. My favorite bit in that is when he's talking about um, that up and coming bodybuilder who came to him for advice. <laughs> Do you remember? And he, and he fucks with him and he lies to him and he tells him, like, to scream when he's, um, when he's, when he's, posing. When he's posing. And when he's posing high, to scream really high-pitched and low, really low-pitched. And and this guy, this rookie, went out and did it and he got kicked off the stage hmm. or something and it kind of ended his career. 
<laughs> and Arnie's laughing about this, and he's he's you know he's really glib, and um, I'd love to know what happened to that guy. Who? Which guy? Oh, the guy in Pumping Iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the um, okay. So the only thing you really missed from his classics is Conan. Um, but uh, everything- and how can you miss that? <laughs> yeah, he sort of went downhill after Terminator Two. Uh, well, he had a razor. Oh, um, yeah, that was cool, because it had a rail gun in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was Jingle All The Way. Then yeah. his most infamous flop, uh, which was Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin. Yeah. Oh, look, that <laughs> no. wasn't his fault. End of Days, I didn't really like that. The Sixth Day, I... End of Days, yeah. No. It's not a bad film, but I... It was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It was quite. hyped up so much, because it was like the... Y2K. Yeah, it was the <laughs> Y2K film to see, you yeah. know? Uh, the Sixth Day, which is actually a pretty fun sci-fi film, but it's not, the you know, Day. Oh, the clone one. Clone yeah. one, yeah. Collateral Damage, that. where I think it's the fire. That came out, yeah. I remember that they had to postpone that because September 11th came out because it was a firefighter and some building that fell down. Uh, I haven't seen that. Then Terminator 3. Uh, and then he had a bunch of... After Terminator 3, he had a bunch of uh, weird stuff, um, like, around the world in 80 days. Oh, that was his only thing after Terminator 3, because then he became mayor. Governor, and he couldn't... But yeah, around the world, it's hope he... Um, but yeah, he's in The Expendables 2 and a new movie called Last Stand, apparently. Is it at all related to the Bruce Willis film, The Last Stand? Was that called know. The Last Stand? He was in a film. It was like a remake of some Western film. Am I imagining that? Sounds familiar. What was the film that had Bruce Willis in it and Sarah Jessica Parker? And he was like a marine sea guard dude. Oh, yeah. In the line of fire. No, no, it was... I just Last remember- Man Standing. Last Man Standing. That was the... Bruce Willis one, yeah. one. I just remember seeing it, clips for it on TV. And- Last Man Standing is actually a pretty good noir. It's like it's weird. You should see it just to- Have you seen it? No, I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a weird film. But, uh- and he's playing two gangs off against one yeah. another, isn't he? Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker. I know IMDb used to have a feature where you can look up who's who who's the hottie now. Who. That'd be a good feature. That was actually a pretty good who's the hottie now in our um. Oh, should we segue into a uh, into who's the hottie now? Uh, who's yeah. the hottie? We need like a little little theme who, song. Who? Who's the hottie now? Who's the hottie now? Well, we I didn't have any actually who's the hottie now specific. I had some Well, should we, should we introduce the hot who's yeah, the hot yeah. or not? But, uh, not the first one. What's the second one? Well, let's introduce the concept of who's the hottie. Who's Harry, the hottie Harry, now? Harry, can you Is we name oh, I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I just so who's the hottie now is where we find uh two women who were like pretty hot in? Oh, that could be men, or men, we're, in a TV show or a movie, like back in the day. And we look at them now to see who turned out to be hotter, and we compare that to who we thought was hotter originally. That sums it up. Yeah, that's a pretty good sum up of who the. And the original is. example was Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And this is this among our, uh, our friendship group has it's divided. This debate has yeah. raged for <laughs> years, probably a decade. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I would have been. Yeah. A, yeah, it's probably been going for a decade. This this argument, but it's been settled now because the younger sister is <laughs> no, obviously hotter. No, and it older. must be no. like fifteen years of argument because this has gone on. Yeah, this was going on through high school. This is like fifteen years of rock solid arguing over who the hottie is. 
And for the record is that the the people who prefer the younger sister obviously are talking about when the show finished. Oh, look, I don't think this is obvious at all. We don't want to get into that. Fred's not here to talk, so I'm just going to assume he means throughout all the season. No, I'm sticking up for Fred because... (laughs) Uh, Clearly, she's only hot towards the end. No, look, Fred has made it clear that at some... for, For Fred, there is some tipping point for women where they become a woman and um you know they they start catching his eye and uh during the the series run of fresh prince of bel-air this young actress she tipped over that point where yeah. Fred thought, all right it's on um well okay the show finished it started in 1990 and finished in 1996 so it was a six year so uh, i don't know if that actually when it came to australia i can't remember when we started watching australia but i don't know um, so, so, she could have gone from 10 to 16. She yeah. could have gone and from the older sister 20, was... Uh, so there's a pretty good story. I think there. the older sister was only... No, no, I'm thinking of the mother. She was like <laughs> 30 when the show started. She's probably like 30. So, there was the choice of Ashley Banks or Hillary Banks. Uh, uh, Hil- uh, Ashley was the younger sister. Hillary was the older one. Uh, this is in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, Ashley Banks was played by... Ashley Banks was played by Tatiana Ali, and Hilary Banks was played by Karen Parsons. Um, Karen Tatiana Ali was born in 1979, so she was younger than us. I mean, older than us. James, can you put it up on the big screen? Harry's trying to sway me with some images of the younger sister. It's not working. But uh, yeah, Freshman is For back on. I was home, watching it the other day. She's quite hot. <laughs> Oh, this no. is the oldest is Karen Parsons. Obviously, she was born in 1966, so she's quite old now, but back in the day. Back in the day, she wow, looked she quite old as well. I didn't realise that. So, she must be, if my math's right, 55. Oh, so she would no, have been 45, like... 45, maybe. 45, yeah, my math 45, is wrong, 46. so she'd be 45. <laughs> so, she would have been... Oh, she would have been 24. Horrific, a horrifically started. elderly age yeah. for a woman. 24 when, uh, when the show finished, she would have been 30. 30's fine. Old. Uh, 30's awesome. And uh, 1979, so she would have been Man, Hiller, I mean, 21 when it started. Ashley. Is that right? Yeah, go to that great photo over there. <laughs> oh, fuck this it. one here? No, to the left. That's <laughs> the one. The photos are here. There's not many good photos. You have okay, to- and I, I, now, now I think Fred actually needs to be here for this because because I'm outnumbered. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you're outnumbered. But it also, always became a draw because I was two again. Yeah, well, it was good that way. Yeah, but also, um, the ladies' man. What is this movie? All right. So okay, so just for the record, myself, I always thought the older sister was the uh, infinitely more attractive one. <laughs> The hottie, the, essentially in in this in the context of this segment, she's the hottie. Um, just to kind of um, just to clear it up for the listeners there, in case. Yep. Now, one of the reasons why I think what happened to Karen Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Google's so, recommending. Yeah. A recommended search. What happened to Karen Parsons? People decided she was not quite that attractive, and so there you go, Harry. <laughs> that one's for you. She's a classy lady. Okay, so... 1979, so how old is she now? 
There are 33, 32. Bit old. 32. Now, James, who did you prefer? <laughs> the older one, yeah. The older one, and Harry, obviously, Hillary. the younger one. Younger one. The younger one. Now, was there was there a def, def, like definitive tipping point for you, Harry, when she became attractive? Yep, there. <laughs> um, no. No, you just... Oh, no, no. Were you just watching... <laughs> no, but no. I mean, were you just watching the show and... The tipping point was watching, not definitive. watching, and then all of a sudden you're sort of going, oh, wait, she's getting a bit attractive. And no, then, I was and just like... then you sort like, of went, you know what? That's a bit of all right right there. No, one day I think we're having a conversation at school about who's the hottie and who's, like, and who's you had hotter. To, and then you had to actually think about it in those terms? No, no, no. I've always thought, you know... Well, not always. Only when she entered her... Later seasons of the show. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't very convincing at all. All right. So but she was legally of age. We've established she was born in nineteen seventy nine. So by she, the end of the show, no. How old? She was twelve. Yeah, that's not legally of age. No, sorry. <laughs> in any country, I was miscalculated. That I was thinking two thousand. I think whether she was legal age is kind of irrelevant, seeing as there was no sort of legal sort of requirement. I mean, for, for the record, we were 16, 17. Yeah. So um, you can think a 14-year-old's hot when you're 16. Was she 14? I got no idea. <laughs> I guess by the time we we argued about it, she would have been 20, right? And she's so 21. But what, not on the show. in real life? Not in this show. Yeah, not on the show. <laughs> so 1996, that's the last season. How old she, she would have been? 17. How old would we have been? So still not legally of age. Yeah. Yeah. Not of age, but we would have been 12. But I don't think it showed in Australia there, at least when we were watching it. I don't remember watching it before. When did we see it? I I remember it it would have been when we would have started watching when we were 11 or 12. I don't remember ever watching it in primary school. We would have started watching season one in 11 or 12. I only ever, ever remember watching it in high school upon the recommendation, I think, of Fred. But the arguments didn't start until we were 16 or 17, so she, we were looking back at a 14-year-old girl. No, but when we were and 16 or 17, we three, were watching When, when we were 17, three years is a big difference for a younger girl, I think, from memory. I no, but so, we- who's the hottie now? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's still the younger sister. I think it's still Karen Parsons. I like this image. In a business suit, with business the, suit, yeah. yeah, stuff the one where and she the was like topless, like what? Go back there, where? This one. Oh, no, down no. one and to the left. Oh, is that real? Yeah. Is that yeah, fake? I think that's real. Look, I always admired her strong nose. I always found that attractive. I always thought she had a really strong. Although you can see when nose. she has, you know, her proper black hair going, it's really uh, black. Obviously, I don't remember that in the show. I think in the show, she obviously no, had she was straightened for a all the time. kind of yeah, a she repressed was a bit look. Of a, yeah, but her, like look have at you the watched... bottom right there? Her 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 natural hair looks fantastic in the bottom right. The far... yeah, this one. Yeah. Now it's uh, true. The photos of her now do look quite attractive, but in the show, the repressed <laughs> look is not attractive in a business no, suit, I, straightened hair. Not look, attractive. I thought you could always see that she was gonna like. You know, if you got her out of that suit, just take the hat off, like yeah, yeah. Down, we, no, but she always had that as well because she was the vain sister. She was the image conscious one. She was the stuck up one. You know, there was always a bit of that. Yeah, see, I was is, more attracted to the down to earth sort of, you know, 
Oh, that's fair. The enough. sassiness of a younger sister. Yeah, she was more sass. Oh, the old one. look. Now, go back. Go back to some pictures of Karen. In the uh, in the uh, on Google or wherever. Look, Fred's not here, so he can't comment on it. Because I'd like to have him comment on it because. She actually turns out appears in one of his favourite films, which is that Major Pain, I think it is, <laughs> with one of the Wayne brothers. <laughs> I'm just looking at it there, where he does Adiana the robot. Ali. No, 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 the other sister Karen does. Parsons? Yeah, I think I remember that because I, I don't think I think Fred made me watch it once, and I was just like, "Fuck this movie, Fred! This is so bad." And he was like, "No, it's my favourite movie after um after Predator and Terminator 2." <laughs> <laughs> So a picture of Major Payne has just come up. Um, it's a ridiculously bad film, but she appears in it. And I think she's the hot, like, love interest in this film. Major Payne. Is she in it? They had photos of her being in it. Yes. Karen Parsons. Emily Walburn. Yeah, there you go. What do you know? All right, so... James, you're the swing vote. Well, I'm sticking to my same old argument. Oh. Fred needs to Skype in now or he's going to lose the battle. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is on record. This is the podcast. Well, I'm I'm tempted to turn for who's the hottie now. Oh! This is it. This is what we've always wanted to hear. Can we bring up some YouTube clips? Because I'm sure we can find even more... Um, Evidence as to Karen Parsons. Uh, no, I, there's no way I'm going to change as to who was the hottest sister in the latter seasons of Fresh Prince oh, of Bel Air because okay, that is okay. unequivocal. But, okay. but who's Catherine, the hottie now? Catherine's consistent. The older sister might actually be. Karen Parsons now. has a consistency. You're right. She's got this. She's got the same um, style going on. I think she has more. I think you're right, Cam. She's got more kind of. Defined, definitive sort of features that see her through, whereas the younger sisters probably just had cuter features that were yeah. cute when she was young, but um, just a bit plain. Now, look, I don't want I don't want this segment just to turn into um, judging women. <laughs> Monday night judging women based on their looks. So maybe next week we'll do some dudes as well, just to level it out. Maybe we can look at um, who is it from nine hundred two one zero, like um, Shannon Doherty. No, I'm talking about me. <laughs> who was it? Um, oh, who were the it was two? Uh, Dylan versus the other dude. Luke, Luke Perry and wasn't Scott Wolf? was it? <laughs> no, the Scott Wolf was Party of Five. We're watching a video <laughs> clip from Major Pain where he dances the robot oh, to seduce Freddy, a woman. I love Freddy. And this is one of Fred's favourite films. <laughs> I remember Fred lost it at this bit when we watched it. He was just about wetting himself when Major Payne does the robot. And that's Karen? That's Karen Pearson just kind of going... That's her vagina, he's open. <laughs> I wonder if they CGI'd his head onto that body. <laughs> Do you think? I bet Maybe. they blew half their budget on that. Oh, you're saying Damon Wayans can't dance? What's the, what's the song in the background? I bet someone's asked that in the comments section. <laughs> that's like the number one question in YouTube comments. What's that song that's playing in the background? Using Shazam to try and work it out. 
dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh man, I can totally see Fred loving this. Yeah. <laughs> Pop that coochie. <laughs> <laughs> the two live crew. Do I'm going to email it to you. Yes, no, please. no, that's all right. Is there an option just to buy it off iTunes? Because we should definitely get Pop That Coochie by Two Love Crew. Oh! Oh, no, oh, James, oh, you oh, stopped it at the wrong spot. There. Bring it back and let's see. It's pretty low quality. Version of that's all right. Oh, swing in the booty. She's getting into it. He's impressed her so much. I love it when a guy impresses the girl with his dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so do, you do watch I. Dancing with the Stars. No, but they've already set up. You know, they should have to win their partners over. With uh... Have you been watching... Um, what's that one with Christina Aguilera in it? That judging competition. The Voice, I think it's called. Oh, uh, no, apparently it's coming to Australia with Delta. Oh, boo. Delta versus Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera tear apart. Were you like Delta? Delta Smelter? No. Delta she's like a grandma. Oh, she's awesome. No, no she's not. When she grandma. released a line of underwear, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Seriously. She's the last person I'd buy underwear from. Or I'd want a woman to buy underwear oh, from. Oh, but she survived cancer. Yeah, yeah that's wicked. And she made not- music. She what? She survived cancer and neighbours and then made music. Neighbours isn't like... And then she... Concentration was- <laughs> Then she became a homewrecker and... Oh, did she? I yeah, she that. married a married man. Well, she hooked up with a married man. Yeah. Who was that? And, and you're th- holding her up something like she's some hero? Yeah, James. Oh, I forgot about that. I just remembered then. Uh, so, <laughs> what other subjects are we okay, going to have on so, hang- Hanging So, t- tonight, uh, for the first episode, uh, for the first... Um, who's the hottie now? Pop that Gucci. The winner was... Karen Parsons. Yeah. We had a swing vote. We had a landslide victory. Who's the hottie now? Yeah, for who's the hottie now? Yeah. Who's the hottie? Not who's the hottie. That's the question. Not who was the hottie then. It's who's the hottie now. Uh, If you guys have any uh, suggestions uh, for... Next week? Yeah, who you would like us to judge as who's the hottie now, uh, send it to maybe mailbag at jimrishfm.com. Hopefully that'll work. Anything. Or just tweet one of us. Uh, Campbell's at Campbell White. Harry's at Harry underscore Don't year. I'm at the guy me. called Tom. <laughs> okay. Tweet Harry. <laughs> tell, him, tell him to get back on Twitter. Uh, oh, just on that subject, I've just got a new follower on Twitter. Um, what? No way. Jonathan Gimblet is now following Oh, Keg. Keg. He loves a bit yep. of it. He's always on there. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy his Giving company. him a shout out. I will Big not see out. any of his comments. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I can tell you're tempted to read out the thing I vetoed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you vetoed one of the things, but the thing is, but these were show notes for like an episode we're going to do like three weeks ago. And yeah. every podcast I know has discussed this one that you vetoed. Okay, anyway. so we're not going to talk about it. Uh, it's been done. I don't even want to talk about it. I could tell. What that was your objection? You... So you had a moral objection to it. Oh, look, I had dual objections. I had, one was. Uh, like you said, I figured, unless you were talking about it on the day, everyone's talked about yeah, this yeah. ad nauseum. And two, <laughs> I don't think people dying, I didn't want to talk about <laughs> Dying know. in a badger's den? Are you a, <laughs> are you a not to mention <laughs> Not to mention the person who died in badger's den, <laughs> but anyone who died in a badger's den... 
I don't know. I just don't. I don't think I've got anything. And the fact that he was, <laughs> the fact that he was only discovered after they tried to gas the Badgerton in a Badger Holocaust that didn't pique your interest at all. It did. I just didn't think I had anything to add. As people can Google this and put together what we're talking about. I'm sure, they figured it out. Um, okay, so other show notes we've got. Okay, so Scottish brother and sister caught having sex in a lift. Oh look, whatever. <laughs> I didn't read the link. I just think this worse. Are you guys pro doing. incest? For, yeah, against it. Incest. If you had a hot sister that was at the same age as <laughs> of a legal age, would you bang her? <laughs> if she was into it, obviously you don't want to rape her. Right? <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Next Look, subject. No, no, no. I, I saw this interesting... Um, it wasn't a Venn diagram. I'm not sure what it was, but it was a diagram of the US of A. And it was sort of showing places where it's okay, where it's legal to marry your sister or cousin. Oh, right, but it, yeah. And places where it's legal to marry, like, a, a same-sex partner. And there's, like, more places where it's legal to marry a family member than a... Than a same-sex partner. Oh, same-sex partner, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I I don't have any (laughs) thoughts, I think. As long as people people are happy and doing the right thing, whatever. What do you guys think of... Is it bigamy? Where you can marry more than one, two people? Polygamy. Polygamy? Polygamy is where you can have multiple wives or husbands. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that could work? I think so, I guess. I mean, I don't know... If it actually does work, I haven't seen the stats on I those relationships. I think as long as it's... I think so often these these types of arrangements, are, well, at least polyamorous ones, are tied mm. in with uh, religious... Do you think, if you were, like, rich, like, you had billions of dollars, <laughs> and you could take in more than one woman and afford it, <laughs> would you do it for charity? You know? <laughs> Get a refugee No, I'd probably, I'd probably give money to charity. Okay. <laughs> Rather than taking a charity wife. Yeah. No, no. I'd probably just give money to a refugee woman yeah, to yeah. live her own happy life. Her own happy life. Rather what if than... she loved you for the money you gave her and she fell in love with you? That's fine. She can love me, but she doesn't have marry, to... Marry you. Marry me or be in my yeah. house or anything like that. She can... So your charity doesn't extend that far? Is that what no, saying? there's no penile charity. There's financial charity, that's it. I don't know. <laughs> what is this? Okay, uh, do you guys... Okay, I have the Blu- I bought the Blu-ray set of Star Wars. Oh, did I, you? Have you watched them? No. I mean, saving it for a like, a, like a marathon, you know. Yeah. Well, I, the thing is, it's so tempting. Like, I'll, like, I'll flick it on for 10 seconds and I'll end up watching like half an hour. <laughs> so you have watched it? No, well, not all of it. I've watched all the special features, but I've only watched, like, bits and pieces of the movies. Because I'm like, oh, I wonder what that bit was like. And uh, But obviously, it's, you know, people are, like, saying I've, you know, I'm the devil for buying this Blu-ray set. But for the record, I never bought a previous version. So, I'm just as bad as the, I think, in terms of finance, I'm just as bad as the people who bought the DVDs and the VHSs. Uh, What do you guys think about the... Changes he made. Do you guys have an opinion? I haven't seen him. Conceptually? Like, what are you in? Um, morally, do you have any objections? Yeah, I think it's wrong to change the film unless you're going to also release the original film because then you're kind of rewriting history, yeah. so to speak. I mean, obviously. I think you should give the option to people 
to watch it in its original format? Obviously, he directed four of the six movies. He didn't direct two of them, and he's made changes to two of them, but the directors of those films, since the Blu-rays come out, between the DVDs and the Blu-rays, he's have died, or one of them died ages ago, but... Yeah, we didn't even direct them, so what right does he have to make changes? Though? Well, he's... I guess once they died, he has the rights to them. Oh, he probably well, had the rights to them in the, the first place. Rights. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, do you have an opinion, Camel? No. I think he can do whatever he Is wants. Is the internet overblown? I think... Have I you think seen the Amazon reviews for the... I haven't seen the Amazon reviews. I, I did read some of the, um, the initial... Um, outcries over, yeah. um, but these are the same outcries that people had. You know, uh, Hans shot first and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, I think he can. I think they're his stories, and he's free to do whatever. But would the it fuck stop he you? If he wants to put Jar Jar in you... the, you know, in episodes four, five, six, he can do that. Like it's his. Yeah. If someone gave you a gift voucher to buy the movies, would you buy them, or would you just not? Buy him on protest for him changing. No, I wouldn't. I would look. I I wouldn't have any problem with buying them. Essentially, yeah. I, I I think it's fine him playing with them and toying yeah. with them in concert. I mean, it's his work. It's his opus. It's his it's his life's work. And if he wants to keep revising it and polishing it until in his eyes it shines, I don't have any problem with that. I think you know, for me, a greater problem was a work like the film of Watchmen. Yeah, where the the creator, the the visionary, the writer, the man who formed that work, whose artwork it is, Alan Moore, had all of his thoughts, ideas, and emotions um, completely disregarded in the creation of that film. Yeah, he objected to every stage of it. Had nothing, didn't want anything to do with it, and hated the fact that it was being made. Whereas I see George Lucas as being the exact opposite, where he has complete control over yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's, it's his a wonderful world he, thing that he created. Yeah. You know, and I totally understand, you know, for you know that Star Wars really does have a life of its own and it's its own thing. But people also have to understand that, well, you know, it's all George. Yeah, it's all his. None of it. You know, people kind of go, well, you know, we have a right to the originals because it was a cultural experience and because you know, blah blah blah. And I feel that, and I think people should have access to the originals. Yeah, sure. You know, but you did back then. Yeah, and you thought those copy how you watched it back then was acceptable. Then why can't is it not acceptable anymore? Yeah, what do you need the Blu-ray for? Yeah, why don't you just get out the the VHS or the laser or, or, or the or the thirty-five millimeter? Real, yeah, but I think you can download of Pirate Bay the laserdisc versions. You know. Like, yeah, look, I think I think Lucas should still make available the originals in their original yeah. form. Obviously, there's a lot of video games remake video games coming out now, and a lot of them have like you press a button and you. It swap back swaps back to the original graphics. version so yeah. you can compare and you can choose whether you want to play in what version because obviously the original version was like only a megabyte and yeah. uh, so it's very easy to swap back to it rather than the obviously the new version is you know many more gigabytes because of the high resolution graphics and stuff like that but but I mean also what do people want like why <laughs> I don't quite understand it's like they want they kind of I think they want the Star Trek thing because Star Trek they're keeping it all the same but they're redoing all the CGI in you know you know current CGI standards but all the actual footage that was shot like all the acting and stuff hasn't been changed at all. I mean, as far as we know, I haven't heard anyone complaining about that stuff. Well, they've if they either complain because they don't have a copy of the original or they don't mind because as long as you know there's no situation where you alter the acting like who shot first kind of thing. 
Yeah, I don't know, and I get, I, I don't, I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think Lucas is going through, you know, he's going, oh, okay, we're going to do the Blu-ray release, all right, I'll watch it again, and let's check out the things that, like, I want to update. I reckon these are things where he's like, mm. or maybe he does, maybe he's like, all right, let's do the Blu-ray, I'll watch it, and I'll just take notes, and then we'll fix the shit that, like, I want fixed. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, all right, I want the fucking Ewoks to blink. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe he does. And even so, that's cool. Hmm. Why not? He's revisiting it. We're revisiting it because we want to watch it again. We want to watch it and go, we want to watch it in super high def and, like, fucking on Blu-ray yeah. and see, like, all the seams on the costumes and, like, the gaffer tape on the, you know, the sets. Yeah, and yeah. I want to see every fucking little detail. You know, so he's probably watching it and going, oh, shit, that doesn't look so good. <laughs> like, that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. You know, I want to fix that because, oh, and let's, like, bulk out a couple of extra characters there. And But, you know, the thing I noted uh, was that the worst part of the of the movies is the CGI they did in the 1997 <laughs> re-release. Yeah, right. That's the stuff that looks dated. Because the original stuff was all models. Yeah, yeah. And then they put did CGI in 1997, and some of the spaceship stuff from 97 looks awesome. But wherever they have, like, an animal, like, there's, you know, when the stormtroopers are riding these animals in the background, looks goddamn awful. They should have just... Look, perhaps if they're going to redo it, they should use the same tech that they used back in the day. Yeah. Because, uh, look, that was one of the things... Sorry to bang on, but with Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skulls, is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was all pumped, because when they, when they first announced They were talking about that, how they're going to use the same effects me, yeah, they were like, and they lied to us. Yeah, they were like, we want to keep it and keep it. We want, we want people to watch all four films in a row and not be able to tell that the fourth one's made, you know, in yeah, 2009 yes. or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be wicked. Mm. They're going to be, like, doing matte paintings and, like, and doing kind of, like, lightning bolt effects yeah, painted yeah, yeah. on the cells. And they're going to do, you know, um, awesome prosthetics melting and, and just, like, basic stunts. And, and they did it. And the whole thing's, like, all lens flares and, like, CGI weirdness and bloom and, light and effects. The, and that whole scene where they're driving alongside a cliff. And, like, that cliff doesn't oh, obviously doesn't exist. And... The whole thing looks plastic. And I was just... Because I watched it just a few weeks ago. It was on TV and I just happened to see it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And Mm. it just looks weird and plastic. And I I was thinking, man, this this looks so... Silicon. So artificial. Whereas the others have that... And and I know we've... The four of us, Fred included, have gotten in numerous debates over the years. I think primarily with you, James, over the, over how much we love models as opposed to CGI. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just for me, models, just the fact that they're tactile, the fact that they're there, it just it makes just sense. So. I, like I, just, I just don't like stop motion models. Oh, okay. So it's just stop motion? Yeah. yeah. It was just yesterday it- at... At Nazario's birthday party, where James yeah, well, James was... admitted that actually models do look better than CGI. Yeah, well, look at okay. Well, I've got well, look at Terminator. Look at India. I've got Trends, Starship Troopers. Starship. I've got Starship Troopers on Blu-ray, and that looks that holds up. You know, it looks really awesome. And that was models, right? But I well, Starship Troopers on models for yeah, the aliens. No, well, I don't know about the aliens, but the all the spaceships and stuff. Oh, like that okay. was on models. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, and. That's that's in one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, really, Starship Troopers? Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. That would be my top ten, top five, maybe. Um, Who's that? That's the Robocop dude, isn't it? Yeah. What's yeah. his name? Well, you know, Robocop's in probably in my top ten as well. He. What's his name? Paul. Paul Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Yeah. You got a few movies in your top ten, there, James. 
He's probably got 10. Well, yeah, I'd say True Lies, Robocop 1, and Starship Troopers would be up there. Um, what about Batman Forever? <laughs> Batman Forever <laughs> would be there as well. Uh, what, uh, what was I was going to ask you? What were we talking about before that we started going on a tangent? What was my favourite movie? That- Which before the tangent were you thinking of? Obviously, we said you were like, oh, what other favourite movies are like? Paul Verhoeven, Starship Troopers. Yeah, Starship Troopers, right? Using yeah, models, yeah. right? But, you know, I got The Thing out on Blu-ray, which is being remade as we speak. Uh, and on Blu-ray, the movie, the cinematography looks amazing, but the stop-motion monsters look uh, no good. Terrible. They don't hold yeah. out. It almost feels like... It would be better off if they had puppets, like in yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Like, Yoda was a puppet. Looks better now than the stop motion. And, I mean, Robocop had the same thing. I think Robocop had stop motion um, dudes in it as well. Is that because Blu-ray's more frames per second? Uh, I think people just were amazed by it back then. I think it's just dated because it's not... It's You know, I think they animate it at a different frames per second to what's in the film. And it's such a specific shot, so it's not blended in with stuff that else that's yeah. going on. Um, you see it, you know. I mean, the I, I like in Empire Strikes Back. You know, those are the walkers. Yeah, look pretty cool. Still look pretty cool. They're stop motion animation, but uh, you know, anything with animals, stop motion animation looks bad. Like they should have used yeah, a puppet. Yeah. I mean, machines stop motion looks fine, but with animals or creatures, I think you need to use a puppet, not. Stop motion. Um, but we were talking about Nazario's party. Oh, just you. Yeah, it was quite a shocking sort of, um, I don't know, reveal that you kind of you sometimes preferred models to CGI. Yeah, no, I like I like models. I get, uh, but not stop motion models. Right, okay, sense. but like, but like you, you were just. I mean, I like stop motion. There's, obviously, there's context in, of a, I like in a movie. Like, obviously, I like Wallace and Gromit and stuff like that. That's oh, yeah, awesome yeah. stop motion because it's all stop motion, you know. But I don't like it being inserted into. But it's about it's about finding the right effect for yeah. the right. Uh, well, you know, Phantom Menace, right? It's really interesting because that was right in the brink of CGI and things. So, like awesome CGI. Yeah. yeah. So they like. Uh, for example, like Phantom Menace in Naboo, the princess's palace, right? Yeah. If you notice all the waterfalls and stuff like that, that is their models. Video footage, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, is it sand? Yeah, it's like sand falling off yeah. real models and they insert other stuff and they combined it. And that's why, you know, Michael Bay is pretty cool because he always, he films a real explosion and then he fits the robot in later. Do you know what I mean? So, it actually looks like the robot's actually doing real damage, you know, because he's actually doing real damage. Because no one has yet managed to make a CGI explosion look any good whatsoever. No, no, it doesn't look good. Uh, so, um, it's yeah, it's all about the mixture. You have to get the right mix of different things to get it right. You can't just rely on one technology to... Oh, look, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to do a stop-motion explosion. Uh, but I also like, or a you know, explosion. you guys went and saw Dark Knight Cinema. When that truck flips, you know, that is like a heart-stopping moment, you know. Yeah. And guess what? Filmed for real. He actually flipped that truck in real life. You know, there's no CGI there. Yeah. And, you know, filmed in IMAX and it looks awesome. And I think... Yeah, until bloody James Cameron screwed it up with CGI, I thought we were on this really awesome turn where... 
we were going to go into such, you know, we're going to get movies that, uh, you know, they try and do awesome stuff for real, you know, yeah. and go back to that. What did Cameron do? How did he fuck? Well, he made an all CGI, you know, 3D oh, film. Avatar. Avatar. Right. And now I'm every... I'm not sure if he totally... Like, that was no, well, he didn't... I'm not to blame him for the CGI stuff, because obviously he was using CGI and real people at the same time to make, you know, a nice blend. So that movie, you know works but the 3d the success of the everyone associated success of that movie with 3d and so everyone had to make these crappy 3d movies for the next two years afterwards but it was i mean avatar wasn't awesome because it was 3d it was awesome because it was james cameron doing an awesome yeah and it was awesome because he he was like you know let's create cgi where we give the actors power to do what they want to do you know and perform so you can see sam worthington and uh zoe sildana acting behind those CGI creatures. They weren't mm. just some... Or it's not even like they're behind them. It's yeah. that they're within them. Or yeah, like every like, you know every expression on their face, when you see every wrinkle in Sam Worthington's face, even though it's a blue creature, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not to say that the acting's that brilliant, but it feels authentic in that. Rather, you compare that to what uh, Sadikus, or whatever his name from, you know, Forrest Gump or whatever, is doing with the Polar Express and stuff like that. Uh, What's just... going on there? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that his last movie was that the Scrooge movie was actually pretty good, but uh, so he may have improved. I haven't seen the Scrooge movie with Jim Carrey. In I yet. mean, he kind of went through a different. He went for he went into yeah. CGI at a different kind of yeah. point in time and a different angle and a different approach, and it was sort of like um, I don't think it worked that well. And also, you know, you, have you guys seen Mars Needs Mums? No. That movie's infamous for bombing because everyone was just freaked out by it because it was just, it was all CGI, but just had the uncanny effect. I don't know what they call uncanny it. Uncanny Valley, Valley yeah, yeah, effect. And I, it was on TV the other night. I saw it like What's five the minutes of it. Uncanny Valley effect? It's like where it's approaching real, but not real enough that you kind of. Yeah, so it, it, it gives falls you this creepy feeling. Of, yeah. yeah. So if, so, you know, if you're looking at a Yoda puppet, you go, oh, well, it's a Yoda puppet. Mm. And. You know it's not real, and but then your imagination fills in the space, and it goes, yeah, yeah, it goes, yeah. all right. It, you know it's not real, but let's just play along, and then you have fun, and then there's real people, and you go, oh well, they're real people. Let's take them seriously, da da da. But then there's this space which is just before real people, but they're not real, hmm. and it's the same way that if you know, I mean, human beings are, uh, we have this built-in, you know, innate ability to detect. Um, irregularities in humans. Mm. You know, it's really important on a on a sort of um, survival level to to be able to spot if someone has a mental illness, if someone has a physical illness, or a, or a, um, a disfigurement, or a, a limp, or you know, we spot these things so quickly. And, and even if it's an internal um, struggle that someone's got, we're really good at being able to yeah, see yeah. visual signs of that. Um, and so the uncanny valley it triggers those sorts of n- those nervous responses in people, and so yeah, so some CGI if it's not quite right, it yeah. does that, and it's aiming for realism. It'll do that, um, and robotics as well. Yeah, you know, when they're trying to get robotics that are really naturalistic, if they're just that little bit off, yeah, yeah, you know, people just go, "This is fucking weird," and they won't accept it. Whereas. You know, those, what is it, those Mitsubishi, you know, dancing robots, the soccer robots. If it is Everyone sort of goes, oh, yeah, that's, you know, it's a soccer robot, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, it's that fine line where they've almost got it perfect, and that's the worst. Because, I mean, what was that? 
I mean, we're talking about Avatar, but what about that Final Fantasy film that was made? I mean, that was pretty incredible. Or is it not anymore? I haven't uh, seen it in so long. Well, I haven't seen the Blu-ray of it, but it is... It, you know, the thing is, that was made so much earlier than, like, Polar Express and Marcy's and Mums, but it has a lot less Uncanny Valley stuff about it. Yeah. Uh, there's still some moments, mainly when characters are walking, you can tell, but the actual close-ups are pretty authentic, you know. I can watch that uh, and appreciate it still. Um, but, it, you know, it is a bit dated, I guess, but that was the thing about the movie. It was so far ahead of its time. Because uh, that was all motion capture as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I well, maybe Didn't they it, develop a whole motion capture software and technique. For I them? think so for the movement, but I think all the facial expressions were hand animated. That's what made it more authentic than Mars Needs Mums and stuff like that, which is using no. motion capture. Oh, have you seen? Did you see? Watch the blogs about La Noire. No. Where they f- put all their concentration in motion capturing the face, <laughs> but uh, the body was just done by animators. Um, so. There are weird situations where the face looks just so realistic, but the body is just not synced up to it that it looks really weird. Uh, I mean, that was... The the thing is, games, you kind of accept bad stuff, so you don't (coughs) worry. So, people still were impressed by L.A. Noir because it still looked more realistic than other stuff because you kind of have that uh, prejudice against gaming. I think think gamers are happier to... Or because it's such a young art form, you know, when one plays a video game... While one's playing it, they do deconstruct the um, all the elements that went into producing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you go to the uh, go watch a film, you should, in theory, get swept up in it so that you're not analysing all the different details. It's only when something goes wrong that you that it jumps out. Mm. Whereas I think with the video with the video games, yeah, it is so young that we play them and we go, you know, it's sort of like, oh, there's this and there's this bit and there's this bit and there's this. You know, it's almost like, oh wow, how are they doing it? You know, even for people that are naturalised gamers who've been playing them since they were born, it's. I think it still happens because it's such a... Yeah. Such an... I don't mean it's in a bad way, but such an immature art form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's still... It, you know, I mean that as though it's still maturing. I mean, obviously, like, I think uh, Pixar prides itself on not using any motion picture... Uh, motion capture technology at all. But, um... I mean, I guess, you know, that's what I think. I guess, you know, for I think the, the groundbreaking thing about Avatar was, I mean, everyone thought the groundbreaking thing was at 3D, but I thought it was the use of motion capture to make actually good motion capture, not uh, dodgy 3D is capture. so shit. Like, after about two minutes, you don't even notice it's in 3D. Anymore. Yeah. It's the biggest waste of time. Um, and people just don't... I think if you used it good... <laughs> It would be, you know, I hope, I have a feeling that, you know what, I'd be the proof of being the pudding with The Dark Knight because, or The Dark Knight sequel, I think, because I think he's not doing that 3D, he's doing it in IMAX, like the original Dark Knight. Is the whole thing going to be in IMAX? I don't think so, but you know. Why not? Why don't they just give him like all the money in the world to do the whole thing in IMAX? At some point, I think he's going to start doing it like that because, have you seen, if you've seen the roadmap for these, uh, the red camera? Right? Eventually, you're going to be able to hold your, you know, your DSLR will be an IMAX camera. That's their road No. Yeah. Man. Every person on Earth will be able to have an IMAX camera. No! That is, like, the best thing ever. Yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like, you... Everyone's just shooting video, like, 
and then you'll project it on your home theater screen that's huge, takes up the whole wall, and it'll look real, pixel for pixel, like reality. That's the reality we're going towards. And I think that'll be better, even though it's only 2D, I think that'll be better than anything 3D, personally. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Man, High resolution just looks mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. Those IMAX Dark Knight bits are just so real, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're swept up in that world. Yeah. You get feels, caught in that world. Yeah, full size. It doesn't feel like back. miniatures or anything. Yeah, just- or it, there's no compression. There's no There's no sort of um, filter between you and the experience. Mm. You watch it and you go, holy shit, I'm robbing a bank with these motherfuckers right now. I even find that I... Uh, when I, if I take a photo with my fisheye lens on the eight megapixel camera and put it on this thirty-inch screen and sit right in front of it, because this is thirty-inch <laughs> screen, <laughs> this thirty-inch screen is way, is way, you know, like a ten eighty p video only takes up like a third of this whole screen. So you're watching. If you put the whole screen, it's like four K or something like that, and you sit there and just look at the screen so you can't see. It just close enough so you can't see other stuff. It feels like you're looking into a window, a real window, like you're looking at stuff. Um, outside. And that's mm. only 8 megapixels. How much yeah. is an IMAX camera? To, co- to buy? Yeah. Oh, they're like a million dollars each. Yeah? Yeah. But you, that will be... film? The, the, the rate we're going, you know, the DSLR cameras are $2,000. You'll be able to get... I reckon within 10 years, you'll be able to get one for an IMAX quality camera in 10 years. 70 megapixels is an IMAX quality camera. It's not that much. It would be... I, I mean, I don't know. And how many pixels per square inch? I don't know. But it's not that much. Because video, yeah, it's, yeah, not that much. Like, cameras, you know... How far away off are we? Like, what's 1080p compared to the well, Max camera? It's like twice or 10 times? Uh, yeah, it's, it, 1080p is really small compared to my But Okay, for example, uh, the digital cameras that, like, you know, Vogue uses to take photo shoots, right? Uh, Come on, Vogue. Uh, Vogue. Sorry. No. Uh, they are 39 megapixels, right? Right. Wow. Uh, so that we've already got that, and that's old. That's they're probably updated since I last looked at. It. That was like five years ago. They were thirty nine megapixels, right? Uh, all you have to do is get a computer that can make thirty nine. Those thirty nine, and that sensor is bigger than an IMAX film sensor. I think the ones they use for Vogue, right? The thirty nine megapixels. All you have to do is technology to process, so it can take those one thirty nine megapixel photo a sec. Uh, no, twenty four of those per second. And suddenly you've got an IMAX camera in your pocket, you know? So is an IMAX camera only 24 frames per second, or is it... Yeah. Well, I mean, you can film... The, if you film faster, you can do better yeah. slow motion stuff, you know? But 24 frames is the basic... That's what they broadcast. Yeah. Also, what will be really interesting is The Hobbit, right? Because they're filming that at uh, 48 frames per second. Uh, so that... I think, uh, hopefully, and they're filming on their... Uh, red Epic, which is like, is you know the next generation of the Red camera, which will hopefully that's almost that's almost IMAX. Uh, the Epic is upgradable, so eventually you can have an IMAX quality sensor, but uh, it'll be the closest. And they're filming at 48 frames. But if, I don't know if you noticed, but if you film at 24 frames, if you see a panning shot in 24 frames per second on a movie, right, mm. it stutters. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but hopefully he reckons. Peter, uh, what's his name? Peter Jackson reckons if we film at 48 frames per second, you won't get that stutter. So he's going to be filming at really high resolution at 48 frames per second. Uh, so this that could be the first movie. If you go see it in a real cinema that can handle that full quality, it's going to be mind-blowing, The Hobbit. So that'll be the first test. Is he filming it? I mean, is he directing it? Yeah. 
He is. Yeah. I thought he wasn't directing. I yeah, was they had this tossing and turfing, and then eventually he said, "Fine, I'll direct it." Yeah, I mean, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> because they ca- he came out and they're like, "Yeah, yeah we're going to produce the Hobbit," and I'll be like, uh, "He'll like the George Lucas, you know?" Yeah, and I'll oversee it, and we're going to get um, Del Toro to do it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Well, well Del Toro pulled fuck? out because he wanted he they were taking so long to set it up because it's such an epic movie, all the things that he was like, and then he had that success with what was the the film he did that was his own indie movie." The what, kid Pan's in yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. He was yeah. like, "Hey, I want to make more movies like this, which is my own stuff. I don't want to have to go do Tolkien stuff, you know." So event, he got sick of it and quit. And uh, I get that gave uh, Peter Jackson the politics. Say, "Hey, you know, you can let me direct it, or this whole film's going to go to crap." And they're like, "Fine, you can direct it." The money maker. What? So they weren't sure about letting him direct it, or what? Because it's like I don't know. I think he I was resistant at first, like the decade yeah. almost. Like yeah, but I think he was at first resistant. To direct it, to and by it the time he decided he wanted to direct it, he lost the power to say oh, that he okay. could. Mm. You know, I don't know. I can't remember. It's well, been anyway, it, so it just years. confused the hell out of me. Where yeah. it's like, dude, you did the other three, just fucking do the <laughs> yeah. Hobbit. Like, <laughs> what? You made a huge trilogy, and you're not yeah. going to just make one more film. To yeah. Get well, no, they're splitting in two, so it's two films. Oh, we'll oh, just really? do it. Yeah. Don't be a bum. Just get it over with. Um, I thought the Hobbit was a better story than the Lord Yeah, but but it's a small book. But they're splitting. They're They'll the be able to do it. Sweet adaption, yeah. like uh, I guess you know the last Harry Potter movie was split into two yeah. films. Yeah, so they could do the whole thing, even though they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been listening to the Harry Potter CD? No, I left it at my parents' oh, house. I was spewing. Fucking hell, beans, I was spewing. Man. What's I know. the Harry Potter CD? Oh, Brandon and Harry put together. together and you wouldn't like it, James. Don't worry about it. And you, Harry. Well, Potter I'm just saying context for listeners. Oh. Just some more. Harry and Briny for my birthday put together a Harry Potter mixtape for me of um, songs. Harry Potter fan bands. Whiz Rock. Whiz Rock. Of which I'm quite fond. We've so it's all made- Harry Potter themed music. Uh, okay. No, not themed music. So it's Harry kind Potter of like movie, Fett's music. Vet, but for it's Harry Potter. Yeah, and the, how many Whiz Rock bands are there? There are like a thousand or something Whiz yeah. Rock bands. It's just insane. It's There's really at least fuller. a thousand, probably more. And there's some Several. really golden stuff out there, and I'm looking forward to listening to some more of it. There is at least two just spot-on tracks on that. But I'll let you... um Explore. Explore at your yeah. leisure. Yeah, some of us are big Harry Potter fans. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Harry? I'm also a big Potter fan. Bonifix is a... a non-believer. Non-believer. Loser. I don't actually know what it's about. Like, I know Hermione Granger because she got a fanny out on Superficial. And I know there's a guy called Harry Potter because that's what it's called. But that's all I know. That's it. This is... Uh, somehow, James has managed to, yeah. like, stick his head <laughs> under a rock and not know anything about Harry Potter. You know what? I, I, one, one of my favourite things... Um, no, that's ridiculous. I was about to say one of my favourite things on the internet, but that's not true. Um, uh, something that I heard years and years ago was... Um, a girl who was describing the Star Wars trilogy, um, although she'd never seen it. Oh, right, so she yeah. was just describing what it was about based on what she, over the decades over, yeah, what yeah. she gathered <laughs> from friends and family, and she was just talking about it. So, are you, uh, James? Are you able to just sum up Harry Potter for us? Or the plot line based on what you gathered. That would be a good podcast for me to try and go on. Just just, just tell me what you Okay, so I'll tell you what I know about Harry Potter. What do you know? Tell me the story of Harry Potter. I saw a trailer once before a movie that I was going to see, and my sister is obsessed. She talks about it all the time. Yeah. 
but I don't pay attention to it, so okay. I've overheard things. So I've heard- tell us. Tell us. What is Harry <laughs> Potter about? Harry Potter's okay. about... So, this guy called Harry goes to boarding school, but it turns out it's a wizard school, right? For wizards. And he has uh, a tattoo of a lightning bolt on his head because he thinks it's cool, right? And uh, he goes there and he uh, he's, like, not very cool, but then he uh, joins the... Uh, the Quidditch team, which is kind of like ice hockey, but on broomsticks, right? <laughs> and he, uh, he, you know, he's just like a, a defensive linesman. And then he, um, and no one gives him crap. But then, like one game, he saves a day, and he becomes really popular at school. Like he's the cool guy because he saved the day playing Quidditch. Uh, and then some bad guy, some even the devil, <laughs> I'm guessing, says that guy is not cool enough. So I'm going to try and kill him and all his family. And so. Harry Potter the Wizard spends the next seven books trying to <laughs> kill this guy. <laughs> and that's pretty much what I mean. <laughs> You got, you got pretty close. close. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty spot close. On. Yeah. I think the only fact you got wrong was that it's not the t- it's not attacking. Oh, and he didn't bang the hot girl, which is Hermione Granger. Fact. The ginger banged him. Banged him. <laughs> No, no good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all pretty accurate. It's all. I think the only thing you got wrong was the tattoo. I think that was it. Really, wasn't it? He didn't get the tattoo to be cool. A lightning bolt like Akadaka. No, it's a scar. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, it's a okay. scar. That's that's the only and thing he, you got wrong. And he didn't play defensive linesman in the Quidditch team. Uh, ever? Never. Oh. He was recruited because he would make was a good seeker. seeker. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Well, you know, I was think I was I was I think I was chatting to Liz or um, we were listening to the Harry Potter mixtape or something was happening, and I was just thinking about all these words that um, J.K. Rowling's kind of thrown into the into um, you know modern usage. You know, incredulously. <laughs> I wasn't so much thinking about that, <laughs> Never but heard in, of that word in the same way that um, still don't know what it means. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Probably like no, the Force, on, the Jedi, and the yeah, Sith. Yeah, similar to that. Yeah, similar to that. Or like, like Pod Lewis Carroll did stuff like that, and friend, um, it was a Frank Brom did things like that as well. Would make up these words and you know, like Quidditch mm. and Seeker and Quaffle and Snitch and da, 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 da. and this they all take on these different. Meanings. There's this girl that I like. She has. Oh, um, tell us more. Elvish. Is she still hot? Uh, she's still hot. She has uh, Elvish tattooed on her arm. And I think she's told me what it says, but I've forgotten. But She sounds pretty nerdy. Yeah. I don't get the connection. But uh, she's never really talked about Elvish stuff otherwise. That's cool. Because I thought I always... I'd known her before I decided I liked her. I'd known her for a year and just dismissed her as not someone to like. And, um, because, you know, that's how I am. That's how you roll. Because uh, I thought it was, like, some, uh, like, you know how people go to Bali and they get some Indonesian thing that's meant to say spiritually life. It's yeah, awesome yeah. kind of thing. So light. And I, I just brushed it off as, like, oh, she's got one of those lame tattoos. But then she's, but she's got a, then like, I actually a tattoo got... from a made-up language, which yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. I was like, oh, I feel bad for thinking you're an idiot. Does it say, like, life is awesome? I don't know. It probably yeah. does. It's, it's probably says like meet you on the western. But she shores. said that she works. 
she works at a, a pub and she says that every now and then when she's handing the drinks, every, she knows if it's a nerd because they recognise the writing and say, oh my God, that's from like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Did she give him a free drink? I don't know. You'd think so. Yeah. They should. It should be a code. It probably says like, if you can read this, you can get one free pint of beer. <laughs> All right, what's the next section now? Did you get a tattoo in uh, Do you want to move on to auto? I didn't. Too bad. Auto news. James, do you have any auto news? Well, I can give my F1 update. Please do. Are you going to do it? <laughs> yeah, we're waiting. <laughs> Sorry, I was waiting. Oh, uh, well. I thought I, we were just going to go straight it. into F1. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I watched the race on the weekend. It is uh, quite a few races... So F1 stands for Last Formula time we One. Talked, it was the China Grand Prix. <laughs> for those who don't yeah. know. Uh, it's the first, first Formula. You got Ferraris, McLarens, Renaults, uh, Lotuses racing against each other. and uh, Which sounds strange, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Ferrari, McLaren, Lotus, and Renault. Yeah. But in the world of Formula One, I mean, it used, used to be Toyota and Honda, but they quit. They quit? And BMW quit. Um How come Renault's so awesome at Formula One, and then like when they make road cars, not so awesome? Uh, or know, rather, I think, I think Renault. The thing strategy. is, the, the thing about Renault is that it's mainly their engine that's awesome. <laughs> you know, they have won a few like championships, but you know, the actual engine wins more championships than themselves because mm. uh, they license the engine to other teams. Uh. Um, how come they're so good at making wicked engines? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, it was in uh, Korea, South Korea. It's a really weird track because it... You know, they've built it, I think, in like the middle of nowhere. And uh, there's a couple of grandstands. And the rest of it's empty. So, it feels like it's in this ghost town. Um, and uh, I know the c- drivers complain of a lack of atmosphere. Because, I mean, I don't know if they can actually... I, don't, I find it hard to believe they can actually hear the crowd. Or even give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they too busy, like, steering this no, insane well, rocket around yeah, the track so. at but hundreds of kilometres When they're qualifying that, some of the laps you're doing is not... You're just warming up for the next lap and stuff like that. Man, surely they don't have time to start look up. And then they spend the whole time doing publicity when they're not racing. So. Oh, okay. I guess you get a feel for what's going on there. Uh, so, it's a pretty lame track, but... Uh, and it's all... I mean, they've started... I, I see they've... This year, they've started planting trees to, like, make it more, like, peel rather than just this big, flat landscape but oh. uh uh basically it was pretty boring because even though lewis hamilton in the mclaren out qualified sebastian vettel i was like oh so excited that you know we might have a race but of course he got overtaken the first few laps and then sebastian vettel went on to win so it was pretty lame in the end uh that's my summation so f1 race. Lame. Shit location. Yeah. Shit yeah. I'm worried that shit teams, shit race. <laughs> I, well, see, I was really big into F1 when I was like 12, 13, and then Michael Schumacher went on his like seven year run of winning it, and it was just so boring that I stopped paying attention. And then I got back into it when Lewis Hamilton won, and I was like, it was he won in like the last race of the season, like in the last turn of, of the corner, and it was like, wow, everyone was just like, oh, and I was like, oh man, I want to be a part of it. And the next two scenes were like that. It came right down to the the last race for them to win. It was really exciting, the whole thing. But this year, it's clear that they've just dumbed the the rules because every year they change the rules to try and make it competitive. But this year, they've made a few mistakes, and it's just become more boring. 
There's a fine line, is it? Because the technology is right on that cutting edge that yeah, you're doing. Yeah. They're like right on the avant garde. So yeah. if you're trying to restrict and them, problem, you've got to be really careful. It's just careful fundamental with what the, the problem are, where yeah. they have in, they have qualifying right, but then the, basically, as long as the the guy in the front makes it through the first three laps in front, that's it's game over for everyone else. You know, mm. uh, I would it would be so much sorry if I had a reverse grid. So the person who won the previous lace had to start last. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So, you yeah. had to work your way so up handicap. to the top. Yeah. It's a handicap. How well, exciting would that be? It would be intense, you know? Or at least put every... Uh, uh, if you qualify first or second, doesn't matter. You start on the same position, you know? Yeah. But you maybe the f- person who goes first gets to pick which side of the track he wants, and if he thinks one side of the track is faster than the other, he can pick that. So that... You know, at least we have a battle for first and second to get through the first corner first. You know, at least we have something to look forward to. You know, but they uh, they have just not changing that. And I'm worried that they're going to go. This Sebastian Vettel, he's in the best team at the moment, and they've he isn't that great a driver, but they've hired the best car designer in the world to do this, right? And uh, all so, of cars look the same. And basically, <laughs> whatever team he is, no. Well, they look the same to the naked eye, right? But they're completely different, everyone. But this is not like, you if know, IndyCar where they literally are the same car. Yeah, um, they rock one of them around the track. Uh, Renault should get into something. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> James, like, yeah, shut the fuck up. So, yeah, basically, this Adrian Newey, right? Whatever team he uh, who's designs for. designs for wins every year. And he's with this team, and they've got this young driver. And so I'm worried if they keep paying him his money and he stays with that team, they're going to win the next seven years because unless they change the rules heaps. Like, there was previous years where, you know, cars that weren't Adrian Newey designed could still win because they had, like, refueling. So you had all the tactics of, uh, you know, how much fuel you're carrying, like the extra weight of the fuel, which makes you go slower, versus the extra speed you get by having... Uh, and the extra stops you've got to make by yeah, not yeah. having all that fuel in there. So, that was all this intense, like, the last season they did that two years ago was the, one of the best seasons ever because it was just, you were just following each team's tactics and trying to work it out and it was just, oh, so fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's, they've removed refueling now and now it's, the only thing variable is the tyres. Uh, um, but the team now, the team that's winning at the moment has worked out the tyres now so there's not, you know, there's no interesting things happening so we're moving on car news what's your favourite car at the moment Harry um, what's just looking on spot? the internet right at the moment uh, Renault 8 Renault 8 tell us a little bit about it it's fucking hot ass <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a look I'm just going to play devil's advocate devil's advocate and say is this a new car is this an old car nah it's an old shitty bomb my dad used to have a Renault 6 I think oh did he and my uncle used to like have like seven Renaults uh, in his backyard all of like one of which I thought which... your dad got kicked out of France he did <laughs> I love that that's like the best story ever for camping out in okay. the middle of a roundabout because he was in, in France somewhere yeah. he was in was he partying or just hoboing that was part of the Occupy movement. I never quite understood the story it was a hippie movement thing yeah he, he was like there was a large group of them Sleeping in the middle of a roundabout because it was a very big roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> so if it was a small roundabout, he would have been safe. Gotten away with it. Yeah, or probably. Well, yeah. There would have been fewer. fewer there were already would have been a couple of them there. Yeah, but it was a large roundabout. And there was a lot of them sleeping there. Drew a shake, attention to themselves. 
and so they, they, they toss them out across the border. So this Renault 8, it's taking your fancy. Have I f- think Dad used to have a Renault 6. I, I like any car with um, blinds at the back, Venetian blinds. Venetian blinds. But check out, <laughs> check out like, the, du- the double headlights at the front. That's yeah, the quad headlights and yeah. the rally version. Now, look, I did pay out on Renault streetcars uh, just earlier, and I do, need, I do need to take that back because I believe both the Renault Megane and the Renault something else took out Wheels Car of the Year awards for last year. Do you have a Renault in their segments? Here's a Citroen, do you? I've got a Renault. Oh, you have a Renault, so you're bagging them and you drive them. Oh, look, I was just being cheeky. I, what I meant was you were mentioning the F1 teams at the moment yeah. being McLaren, Ferrari, and Lotus. Well, they're the recognizable brands. There's other teams oh, okay. that are like, like there's the Virgin team that's sponsored by Richard Branson. And, oh, okay. And there's Red Bull, which is sponsored by the Red Bull dude. Um, but they're the, like the brand, the car brands you recognise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Renault, who's... Who I mean, McLaren is a racing team. They're, before, they're, they make cars as like special editions, but they're more of a racing well, they've team. they've only got like one model yeah. out at a time ever. Yeah. Um, but that might change. This new car they brought out is apparently meant to be the first of like their thing, trying to do what Ferrari does, where they have cars and racing at the same time. Oh, there you go. See, my dad and my uncle used to have just... Stacks of Renaults. That's what Dad used to have. I used to stack them up. Renault Six. Yeah, well, my uncle used to have like a giant backyard with like eight Renaults in it, and like one of them used to work. As a collector, or just he just like, or was he putting together one Renault? He was putting together one Renault. Yeah, I had all these other shitty cars. Yeah, and like it'd always be breaking down, and it'd always be like more trouble than it was worth. But like, (laughs) (laughs) that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, but Dad, do you remember Dad used to have a Renault in the backyard and we used to, like, sit in it and, like... like yeah, was that a Renault? That was a Renault 6. And it, did we ever... Did it ever get driven? It looked exactly like that. It probably uh, did. I don't I remember. Need, it was need, green. I remember it was being green. green. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, olive green. Yeah. I need I need you to look up the Renault my dad used to have. It's a Renault Fuego. Oh, man, that's a hot car. Renault... How do you spell it? A-U-L-T. <laughs> what? A-U... Yeah, just oh, Google so- it. Google them, though. <laughs> They're not going to know from that. <laughs> Renault is spelt R-E-N-A-U-L-T. You mean Renault, the full name? And then Fuego is F-U-E-G-O. There we go. There you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, look at that shit. I think it's what they based the Inspector Gadget car on. Like the, the- Oh, you're totally right. Yeah. That is a Spectre Gadget car. Yeah. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Dun, 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 dun. It had velour seats. Oh, nice. It was he like the coolest was... guy in school? Well, he was... Well, for me, he was that... I mean, that car blew my mind when I was a kid. Look at it. Did he, he have that when you were... Do you remember it or did he get it after No, you? no, I remember it. I remember How driving old were you in when, that like... shit. Like, I was in primary school. It was, it was probably early primary... No, no, no. It was just primary school, I think. So you got a couple of years yet before we, like you need to get a totally sweet yeah, car. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that look at that thing. It's still so awesome to look at. It's pretty hot. That back windscreen. Yeah, yeah. I think Dad had like the blinds on the windscreen as well. Oh, but it wasn't nice. Venetian ones, it was like a plastic molded one. You know yeah, how they used yeah, to do oh, those yeah, ones? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and it was hot as Why didn't all they do those hell. Anymore? I, don't I know. think it was a Toyota Sleeker he drove, but Oh, was it? Toyota Sleeker possibly was a ripoff of I always thought Inspector Gadget. Oh. Because it was. Is Inspector Gadget Japanese? So that would be going know. using Japanese cars, right? 
But it turned into two cars, so it was kind of weird. But he had those sort of... Your dad's um, car turned into two no, cars. No, 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 Inspector, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it had the awesome wheels as well, so if you scroll up, some of them have, like... Yeah, you see that top left one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, those wicked, wicked... No, no, top left, other side. Yeah, the one to the right? Yeah, those wheels is the, are the ones Dad had. Oh, awesome. Um, it looks like someone's done, like, a Fuego concept car underneath that one, which is so cool. Um, so, the Fuego had velour seats. Um, it was a coupe. Um, it was very cramped inside. Uh, lots of glass as well. It had a big glass back. So, in the summer, it got incredibly hot. <laughs> and the velour was, you know, nice and insulating. So, it made you get even hotter. Um, oh, look. Here is an Inspector Gadget car for reference. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell what that. I get that what you got it from that totally. The, yeah. The, the, yeah, the angles and the stripe down the middle. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The stripe down the side. And, and the, the plastic ba- blinds. Yeah, yeah, the plastic blinds. You know, there's a lot of. I reckon you could deck out a uh, Renault Fuego as a cosplay Inspector Gadget car <laughs> really easily. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my kind of Renault experience growing up. Um. One of my. F- one of my fondest memories is of driving, uh, well, of dad driving from down south, um, Dunsborough, back to Perth. And it was in the middle of summer. And it was it was sweaty and hot. And I was sitting in the back seat and mum was in the front passenger. And all of a sudden, you know, mum was saying, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's all sweating, sweating. And the air conditioning didn't work so well yeah. in these things. You know, they're French cars and it's for cold climates. Anyway, all of a sudden he pulls into this car park. This car park that's at a um, uh, at a shopping centre in the middle of fucking nowhere off the freeway. And he, like, screeches the car up, stops the car, slams the brakes, you know, turns the car up, opens the car door, and just, like, staggers out into the shopping centre and then lays on the... On the- <laughs> <laughs> on the footpath, in the middle of the shopping centre, you know, uh, you know, uh, in front of the uh, um, automatic doors, and he's laying in the shade, and he almost passes out, and there's people having to, like, walk around him, and he's sweating, and um, he was just, like, uh, delirious, and he was just dehydrated. Like, <laughs> he just, he was sweating and dehydrated and delirious, and he, and he was, he almost threw up, and, um... They don't call like, it the fuego for nothing. No, no, that's exactly right. And mum was like, what the fuck? And dad was like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, he wasn't. He was like, oh. And we had to wait for about an hour before dad was all right. And then we. I'll probably save it for another future podcast, but I have a story about cars <laughs> from my youth <laughs> that youth I remember cars. that being a big deal. Yeah. So that was the Renault Fuego. Dad had to give it up because it was costing heaps in repairs, more so than just to get a new car sort of thing. Like the Jag. <laughs> we don't talk that. about the Jaguar. We, we don't talk about the Sorry. Jaguar. Um, and then my mum got a Renault Scenic, which is a totally awesome MPV. And um, then I inherited it when she got a new model Renault Scenic. So this sort of, you know, onto a bit of a thing. And mum's looking at getting a Renault Megane now. So my, my family like French is that, cars. How do you spell Megane? M-E-G-A-N-E. Ah, this is a vowel. I know a guy whose last name... Is McGann, but without the vowels. Or oh, it has an A, but not the E. So it's oh. M-R-G-A-N. Oh. That's, like. That's a pretty sweet name. He was. He said it, he was cool before Flickr came along. And 
Um, so is that it for auto news, or do we have anything more? There it looks like we were pegged to talk about some concept cars. Sort of well, I think we've touched enough. You know, we can probably talk about more. We'll save it for next. I week. think we've probably touched enough later. in order to. Um, we've got to wrap up in ten minutes, so oh. call our podcast banging. Uh, I just wanted to talk about this is James's corner here, but I'm thinking about getting to baseball this summer. Perth Heat back in town. Oh no way! Perth Heat were hot back in the day. Yeah. Uh, did they go away? Have they, yeah, are they what coming happened? back? They did go town? away for a few weeks. So the Perth for a few Heat, weeks. <laughs> for a few years. Perth Heat now is not the same Perth Heat in terms of a corporation. They just bought the naming rights and renamed it Perth Heat so people recognise the name. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking of going to some games because I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like, what is this baseball? First Perth Heat game I went to, I caught a fly ball. You've been to a Perth what? Heat game? What? Did you play baseball? I used to play. No, I used to play t-ball. I was oh, too right. young to play and baseball. You got, did you get like free? They gave you free tickets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. they were giving away a lot of free tickets back in the day. There were a lot yeah. of like, free tickets flying around. You just had to like live in. Perth I remember I, I didn't <laughs> when I was young. I didn't understand understand the concept. We could segue into our next segment by talking about this. But I never, I never, I took for granted sports tickets. I never understood the push. The, the appreciation of uh, buying tickets, I thought, you know, you only go to sports when you get free tickets. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> uh, you know I mean? like, yeah, through hockey, we got free tickets to, like, the Hockey Roos or the Diamondbacks or whatever the WA team is. And, yeah. uh, you know, we used to have, like, uh, you know, school camp things with the Wildcats. They used to give us free tickets to the Wildcats. Yeah, game, but I, never, Wildcats. I don't think I ever went to one of them. Oh, we got who's a free... Well, we got... Free yeah, waffle tickets. yeah, because we, our, me and Harry went to the same primary school when we were really young, like one to four, and we lived lives Liverpool Primary School. It was right next to the uh, West Perth Falcons home ground. We yeah. used to get free tickets for every game, like, uh, and uh, and then uh, this segues into our next segment, which is uh, the Pepsi Max <laughs> <laughs> launch <laughs> mini section, where we got free are you, tickets. Are you going to the- talk about getting him to baseball anymore? Or is that it? <laughs> nah, it's Pepsi. Oh, do you guys want to go? Uh, I think it's ten dollars entry for like the preseason games, and they're playing preseason games. They're playing against the US All Stars. I don't know what that means. Whether there's people coming over from America to play or not, so. or whether they're US citizens that live here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whether so. they just call themselves. But if you look at, I you know, on Wikipedia they actually have the current playing squad for Perth Heat, and fifty percent of the team is American. Uh, I guess there's all these Americans that don't make it to the big leagues and. Well, uh, come and play in well, Perth. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, a bit or because it's, the they Perth play they play bus they play baseball in summer. You play baseball in summer, right? But of course, the Americans are going to winter now. So all those baseball players that are trying to get match practice want to come to other countries where they play baseball to play the season. I think come to Japan. Australia yeah. is probably the only. Oh, I don't know. No, but that's the Northern Hemisphere as well. Yeah. So. I think Australia may be the only league in the Summer Hemisphere where they can actually come play. Yeah. Probably is. Probably is. <laughs> I didn't know they even played baseball in Australia. But... No, but well, yeah, it, it, the went season, they went for 10 years from like 1990 to 2000 and they went kaput, uh, the actual professional league, and then they just had like the Western Healers, which were like the WA state team, like the Western Warriors. Um, and then Perth 8 came back and... Uh, to play, they started the league again just like two years ago, um, and Perth Heat won the last year, so they're the 2011 champions. So that's why you want to go and see the games because um, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. Oh fuck! I was into Perth Heat. Like, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> anyway, 
and they've stolen the lead picture from the team they beat in the the final the Australian series last thing. So they've stolen their picture P- from the picture. team they beat in oh, the final the ball. Picture. picture, not like their logo. Picture. No. Um, so yeah. I'm so, uh, I mean, back in the day, you guys were getting free tickets to just about everything, the yeah. opening of a fridge door and so yeah, on. Yeah. But do you want to tell us a story about the greatest free tickets <laughs> you ever received? <laughs> Probably the greatest free tickets that were ever given to anyone, ever. Yeah. So, uh, well, I've, I've been trying to remember what year it was, but I have a feeling it was it maybe West Perth was in it. That's why we got the free tickets. And it, it, was was the year, it was either year six or seven. Yeah. And it was South... It was obviously played at Subiaco Oval. What was and I'm pretty sure the opposition team that at least I was not going for was Claremont West Australian Football League Grand Final. Yeah, it may have been called West Star Rules back then. Remember when that they rebranded it to make it more exciting? Yeah, West Star Rules. Yes, that rings a bell. Even with me, somebody (laughs) despises football. So we went to the the Waffle Grand Final. We got free tickets, and uh, I guess it was a bunch of school group kids sitting together, and it was the launch of Pepsi Max in Perth. Shut up, <laughs> Pepsi Max! Everyone's been drinking it, but we were there right from the beginning, from the start. And had, it was really a grassroots. Kind yeah. Of- <laughs> so the promotion was the Waffle Grand Final, which is not as big as even back then was not as big as like a West Coast home and away game. Uh, <laughs> And uh, they had, uh, you know, these abseilers abseiling <laughs> down from the top of the stadium and throwing out... I, I, I don't know how they did it without not killing people by dropping his cans, but... Pretty sure they weren't the ones throwing out the... Uh, they got to the ground and then started handing out, maybe. Or- yeah. I remember receiving Pepsi Max on my way out of the stadium from a van. Oh. No, but yeah, 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 yeah. But that's how well, maybe that's how we got it. But they did a pre- they did this big stunt. Oh yeah. yeah and they they, had- they were abseiling from the ceiling. Yeah, and I think <laughs> they had they had flags. They yeah, had, I like- think they had even parachutes that landed in the middle of the open <laughs> oh, plane. I think they did. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um it was this So big- that means they flew a plane. There was a plane. If there were parachutes, they yeah. had to be planes. Well, I think the parachutes in Perth would do anything to be in any promotion. I remember at Perth Glory, they had a parachute every game come down and land as part of their intro to the game. So desperate just to get up. Yeah. Um, it's hey, a free, it's pretty expensive to do it, I think. So anyone that gets a free ride will do it, you know. Yeah, but what's the expense of, like, throwing someone up there? Well, they have to... Play the f- fuel cost of the plane, which is pretty expensive. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, like yeah. a pretty expensive thing. Yeah, well, it's and like people, do people love watching it, like <laughs> someone parachute? I love watching someone. Yeah, parachute. and they have the yeah, target on the cool. middle of the ground, and they have to see how close they get to the center. You know, they put the target out in the middle. Of the and ground. do people bet on it? I bet. No, or the child Korea's going, yeah, oh no, he stuffed up, he landed on the target. Ah. Do people boo him when? They're like, yeah, yeah. Totally. At least the glory. I can't remember back in the football days, but do they get to throw Pepsi Max cans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's our reminisce of the week. It's because Pepsi Max is too delicious. They wouldn't throw it. Oh, yeah. safe bet. Safe but they bet. used to. We walked out of the stadium, and there was like people just having big uh, piles of it, just handing it out like there's no tomorrow. Now, listeners at home might think this is just a off the cuff story. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me assure you, it's not. It comes up at least once a week. 
Um, <laughs> the Harry or there. James, the re- <laughs> reminiscing about uh, Pep- the launch of Pepsi Max in Perth, Western yeah. Australia. <laughs> so every week we're going to have a Pepsi Max reminisce where they try to remember more details, details or yeah. perhaps in the yeah. intervening weeks. Um, uh, oh, I've got some into- juicy gossip about oh. some of the people we had to compete against to get to the game oh. so look forward to this teaser yeah look yeah. I, I you know there, there's going to be more that more history that's um embedded deep in their yeah. psyche that'll come to the surface <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> um do we have any other anything else on the agenda uh well i well i i think your cutoff time is 11 o'clock so we might have to wrap up but uh, oh we've got one minute question of the week <laughs> Uh, oh, Harry's gone to the bathroom. Yeah, that's what I'm Which saying. Which might be suitable because the question is, could you ever imagine yourself... Oh, no. Would you rather eat a poo or <laughs> drink a... No. Would you rather eat a dinner plate full of your own feces or drink a pint of Fred's urine? So, Harry's off to the bathroom contemplating that question <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, so this has been... Uh, what are we called? Fanging around. Yeah, fanging around. Fanging around. Next Episode week, two. We haven't actually released episode one, but I guess that will keep that as a backup in case we don't do a week. Oh, here we go. This is the last question. This is the question of the week. Question of the week. Um, would you rather eat a dinner plate full of your own feces or drink a pint of Fred's urine? Harry? Fred's piss. James? I don't know if it's a simple answer. Like, Do we have... Uh, Chases? <laughs> I, I figure once it's in, you can do whatever you need to do. As long as you've consumed it. Look, yep. I think that I think I think a big part of it is digesting it. I reckon it's gotta go through your body. Yeah. And from look, I just think no, it's the urine. I, I honestly couldn't care who's Someone urine else's is. urine. Someone else's your own feces. No, anyone else's anyone. And you find It'd be easier to get planet. down the piss. The feces, it will make you sick though. It yeah. will actually make you sick. The urine won't. The yeah. urine... As long as it's fresh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even if it's not that fresh, I'd much rather prefer it. Um, the, the, the shit will make you... And like, it will give you cholera, won't it? It will make you proper sick. <laughs> the shit will make you sick. Yeah. What if you take yeah, antibiotics right. with it? No, no, it doesn't no. matter. It will just, it will just fuck you up. <laughs> it's full of probiotics and prebiotics. That'll make you vom. What if it was not your own crap, but say Christine Aguilera's crap? No, uh, no. I drink her piss. Yeah. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? Well, you drink Fred's piss, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Well, that's the question of the week sorted. Thanks for joining us. On. No, you didn't answer. Uh, well, I think you've won I me think over. You'd eat the poo. <laughs> I was going. He, he was going to go for the poo, but I think you've convinced me that I should take the piss. I look. The urine won't make you sick. It might make you feel sick. Pints a lot, though. That's fine. How I big's a t- feces, though? A plate of feces? Potentially. Like, how mm. big are we talking? I've seen your logs. You snap yeah. off big ones. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be acting like you're like some dainty little flower over there. Oh, it depends what. It depends on the. What if it's an ABB? Um, well, it's all liquid then. It's kind of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> even easier to get no. down. No. I would. Dr- I'd rather drink three pints of urine than poo. <laughs> okay, easy. But four? How big are your four? Poops, Five. Oh, I don't care. The poo will make you sick. So you'll have a hundred pints of urine before you have one plate of poo. Yes. Yes, I totally, <laughs> definitely would, because it won't make you sick. 
I don't want to get sick. 100 pints of urine would not make you feel sick. I think I'd vom after a pint of urine, just personally. Oh, look, what's the time limit? Surely yeah. you could drink that over this course of a week. Do you guys uh, watch Man vs. Wild? No. Do you see the episode where he skinned a snake? Oh, I saw that. And he used the snake as like a condom. The skin, snake of the skin as a condom. Pissed into it to fill up with urine to store water, his urine in it, then walked like 100Ks, then drank from it so it was no longer fresh. And it had been stored in an empty snake skin. And he'd use it as like a water bottle, basically. Yeah. And how did he go? Did he keep it down? Uh, he was... There was a bit of vom going on. No way, really? <laughs> yeah. He was... It was one of the worst things he's ever done, I think. And, oh, well, there's also other circumstances in that show, if you remember it, where he was, had, was stung by all his bees. So yeah. His whole head was so swollen funny. up. I'm just like... <laughs> This is the worst moment of any person's life ever. Like, his head was swollen up. That was to the a point where he was unrecognisable. <laughs> he was in the middle of a desert. He was... Only thing he had to drink was urine stored in a snake skin. Oh, it was just insane. Anyway. Did he sign up for season two? Oh, he's always doing it, man. Yeah. In season two, he gave himself an enema with some dirty, like... <laughs> pond water. <laughs> Why did he have to give it to the enema? Just for the show. He didn't oh, have to. <laughs> It's like he came up. He was like on a desert island, and he like had to get off the desert. So he made yeah. himself this raft, and he like set off to sea, and like, <laughs> what, and he like came across this like rock in the middle of the ocean, and like he climbed up onto it, and there was like some like it was like f- covered in like absolutely covered in bird shit. Yeah, yeah, and like there was some little like cracks with some like they were holding some water that was like. Absolutely full of bird shit. So there's this festy water. But he was like dehydrated. So he was like, oh shit, I can't drink this water. It's going to make me ill. And so, like, in his backpack, he just happened to have like some silicone tubing. And so, like, he shoved it up his ass. <laughs> Gave himself an enema. Oh, water. to give moisture into his body. Yeah. Because oh, wow. you can put it up your butthole and, like, the bacteria oh, in the water. Oh. Okay. Oh, there was purpose to it. There's yeah. purpose to it. Yeah. I thought he was just doing a big shit. <laughs> and it was like, oh, well, if I can't drink this water, I'm just going to shit myself to death. <laughs> so he didn't give himself an enema. He used his, like, used the tube, used his anus like a, a, a siphon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he siphoned up the water through his anus. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. See, that's pretty. I got to watch that episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty if amazing. If you have show notes, I'll try and link to it. But. He happened, he just happened to have some tubing in his backpack. And if he was dehydrated, surely his butt would be dehydrated too. Or was it all sweaty? Maybe it was all sweaty and he just slipped it up. Have you guys ever, like... (laughs) Have you guys, just before we go, have you guys ever tried rubbing, like, vodka on your sphincter to get drunk? No. (laughs) No. Something you might want to do before you die? Not on your bucket list? Before before next week's podcast? No. It's not on your bucket list, though? James, if, no, you ever, if it works, have I'm you ever curious done to know if it works. Well, you know, why don't you try for next week's podcast? <laughs> James, I'm sure, like, an enema would be even better than... What about a vodka? Well, Matt, Matt, our friend Matt's always talking about the qualities of an enema, but then we find out later the reason he's getting an enema is so to make um, anal sex more pleasant, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. All right. That's <clears> been uh, Fanging, fanging around, around episode two. Or we're three. Gonna, I don't know if we can split it in half or not. But how many episodes? Well, what was the first episode we did? We just we were going to do D and D, but someone maybe James Mack didn't Skype in, so we just recorded a podcast randomly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Where can we find you on the internet, Campbell? 
Uh, you can find me at campbellwhite.com. That's W-H-Y-T-E, white with Y. Um, you can see my illustrations and various other goodies there. You can find me at www.google.com. Search for Harry. <laughs> it's just Harry. Harry? Yeah. <laughs> Harry underscore yeah on Twitter. Uh, uh, me, me I'm well. the guy called Tom on Twitter. And you're just Campbell White on Twitter? I'm just Campbell White on Twitter. Yeah, yeah you can see me there. Thanks for tuning in for this epic episode of Fanging Around. Hopefully we'll be back next week. We'll see you later. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs>